and gentlemen, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. This is the Hyperion Report for today. It is Thursday, May 31st, 2018. I want to welcome everyone to this edition of the Hagman Report. Thank you so much for your belief and your trust in us as we talk about news items of the day, as we investigate issues important to you, important to us, important to all of us. And, uh, coming right out of the gate, we're going to have a good, this is going to be a great show. Coming right out of the gate is, uh, the honeybee, uh, Melissa Zachariah. And, uh, we're going to be talking about a number of, number of issues that are important to both, uh, the, the viewers, listeners, as well as the people behind the mics and the cameras, especially in the alternative media. And then we're going to have, uh, a gentleman that you're going to want to listen to, uh, if you, especially if you conceal carry or if you have a, a weapon at home. And, um, it's, uh, it's something that, you know, you hope you never have to use a weapon, right? You, you certainly, but if you do, what what happens next? You know, there's a lot of paperwork, right? And there's a lot of legal exposure. Well, Martin Hayes, Marty Hayes, from uh, uh, from the uh, armed, uh, I just want to get the website correctly here, armedcitizensnetwork.org is going to be joining us hour two. You're going to want to listen to that. And then in the, in, uh, the bottom of the third hour, Keith Hansen, or bottom of the second hour, Keith Hansen. And followed by Mike Spaulding. So it's going to be a great show, and we'd urge everyone to, to listen, watch through the entire program tonight. Um, again, the, the mission of the Marxist communists. I, I'm done calling the progressives, progressives, liberals, whatever. They should be known as communists, what they are, because the, agenda of the left is the complete and total control over you and I, over all of us. It's pretty serious when you think about it. And the agenda is being pushed, of course, through a number of things, from censorship to lawfare to, um, well, the the front is, or the battle is, is on all fronts. And along with the agenda that they have, there's a lot of infiltration and they're infiltrating various organizations and they're saturating various venues. I want you to think about that for a minute because my question is this, who do you listen to? Who do you watch? If, if you're at home in the weekend or your, your time off, your downtime and you're going through YouTube videos and you're looking for information that you're not getting, of course, in the corporate media and the corporate venue. Who do you, who might you listen to? And, and that's a good, fair, valid question. Yep. And we've got, you know, it's interesting because the closer to the issues that, that we get, that we get to, the more flock we take. And, and I find it very interesting that, uh, that there are websites out there dedicated to code exposing, you know, the Hagman report, exposing Doug Hagman, exposing Joe, exposing uh, all of us, exposing Steve Quayle, exposing this person and that person. 
And that appears to be their entire mission in life. Okay, fair enough. You know, we could take it. And it's really not about us. And there are other websites out there exposing alternative media. Okay, it's fine. But when they do it with the agenda, not not from the position of truthfulness, but their own bias and their own spin, with the intent to take down other venues, uh, other other spokespersons and uh, individuals in the alternative media, whether they're driven by ego, whether they're driven by money, whether they're driven by their own twisted, perverse ideology, or whether they've just got nothing better to do. It's, it's some are useful idiots of the communists, like uh, uh, like it has been said, they've been described. Others, of course, have have a higher rung in this position. But one thing is sure, and one thing is certain, in my view, we, the Hagman Report, has a responsibility to our listeners, to our viewers, to the people who believe in us. We've got a responsibility to you folks. A responsibility that I take very, very seriously. I got a donation, a $5 donation by mail and, uh, with a, with a letter, nice letter from, from this person. This $5 means a lot to that person. The letter means a lot to me. It means a lot to, I mean, the five dollars means a lot to us, but the letter means a lot to me and means a lot to us. And in that letter, this individual said that, uh, um, basically they trust us. And when you, when you sit down and you think about that, you know, we don't receive $38 million a year salaries. We don't receive network. Uh, pay. We're not beholden to any corporate interests. We'll take on an occasional sponsor to help pay the bills. But this is listener supported. This is viewer supported. And I'm not saying that to, to ask for money. Just the way it is. And, and there are people out there, of course, that I mentioned earlier who, who want to cause doubt in the supporters' minds and say, you know what? You're getting taken. You're getting fleeced. You're getting these people are charlatans. I, I remember, I remember the, a couple of people calling us money launderers, or one person in particular calling, calling Steve and I money launderers. In a court filing. No less. So, the, the reason I said that is we've got to live up to a higher standard. And that's why, you know, in meetings, a long time ago, I mean, Joe and I and Eric and John, we spoke about perception. Don't ever get caught in a in a hotel lobby, a hotel hallway with with a, a female. You know, if you're if you're a guy by yourself, it's not that you're doing anything wrong. It's the perception of of, of being doing something wrong. And and the reason I said all of that is because. Just as everything else has been weaponized, the deep state, the, the people, especially with the deep state, primarily, 
have weaponized members and inserted them into the alternative media with the, with the specific purpose of discrediting the entirety of the alternative media. Just because we have somebody on our, our program does not mean we believe in everything that they say in terms of um, yeah, they might have a, uh, an idea. I mean, and then, the, that needs to be said too, because yeah. so many people will uh, take what a guest says on our show, and you know, sometimes even lash out at us because of what what the guests say. And you know, absolutely, no guest that comes on do we you know agree agree with uh, you know wholeheartedly. We give them the platform to come on and and talk. Some of them, like Pastor Langford, of course. Uh, you know, we agree with just about yeah, everything but, they say, but, 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 don't, but don't mistake don't mistake right. our our cordiality or being cordial to someone with agreement. This isn't Jerry Springer. Just don't mistake our kindness for approval. In fact, uh, what a terrific guest we had last week, John Barber. Just a terrific guest. I don't agree with them on the fairness doctrine, and and I and I mentioned you know yeah. I mentioned that, but so what? It's not that we're talking about that; we're talking about something different. But the reason I brought this up is because, as, as I said, this is kind of an introduction to uh, to Honeybee coming on because we in the in the alternative media and, and the new media and the honest media we've got to be very careful. We've got to understand that there are people out there who want to destroy us. And in so doing, well, uh, one method of destroying us is to have you question our authenticity. Inserting trolls. That's why we don't have a chat room, by the way, an open chat room. Because there are people, now listen to me carefully. Listen to what I'm about to tell you very carefully. Because I've already spent out of my own pocket 50 grand in legal fees. So I've got standing in this. I know what I'm talking about. We have a chat room in there. Let's say we have a moderator, for example. And that moderator says something, cuts someone off, does something, whatever. Well, obviously the Hagman Report agrees with them. Therefore, we will enjoin them in our legal battle. Whereas the plaintiff v. v. defendants, Doug Hagman, Joe Hagman, the Hagman Report, Steve Quayle, and those A, B, C, D, and E, and those yet unnamed, yeah, we'll just toss their name into the, into the bucket. We're protecting you in that case. That's why we don't have chat. Some might say, if you're old enough to remember, that's why we can't have anything nice around here. Now, I, I joke about that. But it's it's the truth. So it, opening the program tonight, is, it comes with a warning. Let's be careful who you listen to. Be careful who you, in whom you put your trust. But on the other side of that, be very careful of those who will seek to destroy the platforms, the very platforms that we represent. And, oh, they'll come off as righteous, self-righteous, sanctimonious, correct even. Look, I've got the proof. Okay? 
things that we're not going to we're not going to do battle in the open in an open forum certainly some we won't even respond to they're so ludicrous it's not about the trolls it's not it and it's not about the uh, just the little ankle biting uh, nuisances this is a war for our very existence it's a war for the people who are out there trying to make a difference it's a war for people who are out there in support of a nation a representative republic with borders, language, and culture. It's a war against the communists. It's a war against the people who want to destroy our values. Some people I will not let in my studio. Some people I've invited in my studio. Others I've invited in my studio. Never happened again. One of the people that uh, we've had in the studio, the honeybee, just got an open ticket. She does a lot of research. She checks, rechecks, and triple checks her research. She's one of the few investigative researchers I know who actually spends a lot of money to qualify for and use databases that are very proprietary for verification of information. She called me up and says, hey, Doug, John Smith is a convicted criminal. I believe her because she's got the ability to verify that. The reason I mention this is because there's a war. You're going to be hearing more about this. This is just the opening battle just the beginning remember when I said about censorship a year ago just started back then or just started you're starting to hear about it now same way right now so with that I want to bring the honeybee on let's talk Joe I'm going to toss it to you I just want to get that opening statement out there yeah Melissa Zachariah the honeybee is with us uh, she's been a guest several times on the show, including here in studio, as you mentioned, and it's always great to have her on. Melissa, welcome back to the show. Hello. Welcome to you guys, too. I love having this opportunity to be here with you folks. It's always a pleasure, and I really hope I can come back and visit you guys again soon. That was really a really fun time. Yeah, you it know, was great to have you guys. Yeah, it, it was it was great, and uh, yeah, you and Anthony, you, you guys are you're fabulous, and, and we really appreciate your your time with us. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know if you heard my opening, but uh, you know, it, it's kind of a minefield out there, isn't it? It's incredible. Um, you know, we're we're really hoping that critical mass is is being reached soon for people that are waking up to what is really going on, um, especially in the truth community. Um, in the new media, um, there are people that are infiltrating, um, posing as, you know, uh, trusted news sources, posing as your subscribers, posing as people that are interested in the betterment of the country, the betterment of the truth. Um, but unfortunately, they are infiltrating as the enemy. So, um We've, we've seen a few in our community that have uh, taken it all the way to lawfare. Um, you guys are dealing with some lawfare yourselves. Um, 
where there are many techniques that uh, the point is to bring down morale, make people question the truth, and also to find out why people have turned off the television and started to turn like tuning in to alternative media. This is a big conundrum for MSM or even government. They have lost control of the narrative. So this is why we're seeing such an infiltration. And you're right, Doug, it's not just trolls. These people are professional. Um, they are connected, um, and they have the abilities to really get people rallied around uh, lies and deception. So, you know, what, what, what I'm trying to teach people is to be very careful um, about the news that you consume. Make sure that you're always doing your own research. There are so many resources out there. And, Doug, I appreciate you saying that I invest in a lot of um, programs to help me find information. But, um, you know, there are ones that you don't have to pay for. You know, if you're looking into, uh, you know, if someone's got a government contract with the government on some level, go to fpds.gov. You can find something there for free. Um, you can go to corporate wiki and see if someone's got, you know, businesses on the side and, you know, they might just be posing as a YouTube channel, but you find that they are, you know, the CEO of this, uh, you know, intelligence corporation. You know, there, there are ways for you to find out, um, and verify if the information, the person that you're getting information from is legit and, and has your best interest in mind. You know, that's one thing people don't do enough is, is research things on their own. And, um, you're, you're correct. Some information is readily available. You just have to know how to find it, you know. Um, uh, but, but nonetheless, uh, again, I, and I look at you and, and I understand your investigative capabilities and I would set yours aside because you've got, again, you've got that, that, that skill. And it's a skill that can be taught in this case, the database research and of course where to find information. But, um, but you've invested time as well into this or time in particular into this. So, um, what's the status right now? Where are we at? We've got, and you don't have to be very specific because I, I think to be specific would be counterproductive. If you have people in your sites or if you, you know, I remember, of course, many surveillances and investigations I've done in the private sector. If you're doing a surveillance, you don't, you don't want to tip off the subject of the surveillance. If you're doing an investigation, you don't want to tip off the, the subjects of the investigation. So having said that, what's the, uh, what's the status? Where are we at here? Um, we're, 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 you know, how, how, how can we speak about what we're talking about without being very specific? I, I'm not even sure how we can, do that except, you know, in general. It's hard to, yes, but um, I'll, I'll just assure the audience that, you know, at least me and Heather uh, and Anthony, my research team, you know, we have our eyes on um, a few different factions within the truth community. Um, it's really hard when you have, uh, you know, groups of people that are really inspired by something that provides information, breaking information. Um, you know, I, I won't mention any groups of people. Uh, I don't look down on the people that get involved in these, uh, you know, newest crazes of, of information. But uh, the problem is um, 
you know, we're seeing the same characters over and over again. Um, and that, that kind of pattern setting, and I know that you know this being a private investigator, establishing a pattern um, is very important in actually finding the truth. And we're, we're seeing the same players, we're seeing the same disturbances, um, the same rigmarole, uh, and what it, what it really is doing is it's distracting from the real truths and the real action. Um, there, there is a lot to be gained in um, listening and learning and finding out information. But uh, I think the better, the better practice is to put it into action and to take those tools out of the toolbox and and you know have solutions and 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 motivate people to get up, get out, talk, speak. You know, take part. Be a, be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem because silence is a part of the problem. You know, not taking action, being complacent is a part of the problem. So when you have, uh, you know, a particular group of people that are feeding you, feeding you, feeding you, and just keeping you till the next episode, um, you know, there, there's a little danger in that. I worry about what that might do um, in the future to this really motivated group of people, you know, that, that you know, I would love to see stand up and um, get out there and make a difference in their own communities because right. it does start in the community. And I think that the the grand show, the, the grand LARP, and if you don't know what a LARP is, a LARP is it's live action role playing. Um, and you'll, if you look on YouTube, you'll see a few parody videos and things like that. Um, there is definitely this LARP sort of feeling going on right now. Um, but in actuality, that is a tactic um, to distract people and lead them down the wrong path. Um, and also, uh, the infighting comes with that. Uh, you have oh, yeah. people quarreling with each other and, and bad talking one another and you know, I mean, I, I bad talk people, but it's usually convicted pedophiles that are trying to hurt children <laughs> and people that want to hurt families. Um, you, you know, know and if I can know. interrupt, you know, th- th- there is a difference here because when we look at, for example, um, the objectives, your objectives, our objectives, we're on the same page here. We are attempting to expose the de- deeds of darkness. A common enemy, the pedophiles, the corruption in government. That's what we're attempting to expose. Yet, you've got people within the community, it seems like, who are turning their guns instead of outward against you, against us, or against someone else. And isn't that kind of telling? Isn't that something that, you know, my goodness, we're on a big battlefield. We're in the midst of, you know, taking flak incoming and bombs going off, metaphorically speaking. And yet, you're going to frag us? And shouldn't, I mean, isn't that kind of telling? Uh, you know, so you don't do that. We don't necessarily, we don't do that at, at all. Even if we don't agree with somebody, uh, we're not going to, we're not going to frag them if they're, if they're attempting to expose, you know, the, the, the wiles of the, of the evil ones, so to speak. I mean, it's just, so isn't that what you're saying, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I have an issue with somebody personally, I try not to drudge out my dirty laundry, you know, out the, the public platform. Um, unfortunately, sometimes a discussion happens, maybe it's a little heated, but 
other than that, if I really do have a problem, um, I will pick up the phone or write an email. Um, but if it's outright um, attacking, uh, believe me, I, you were talking about, uh, you know, websites dedicated to destroying and discrediting the Hagman Report or, or, or you personally, Doug. I have videos and, and websites that, that aim to destroy and discredit me as well. Yeah, um, I know you do. And I, I didn't know how far, the- <laughs> yeah, I didn't know how far down that road you want to go. And, and see, to me, if, if you're claiming to be in that, uh, uh, and folks, hang on, just don't go away because, and don't think this isn't relevant to all of you because it is. But if you're claiming to be part of the, the truth movement or the, the ex- people are exposing the, the truth, why would you dedicate an, an, a video or something to discredit us or, or the honeybee? I mean, I, I just don't get that. Why? I'm, right, and I actually don't make uh, videos to, uh, you know, get back at them. And I, I always tell, I have a lot of friends in the truth community that, you know, I, I'm friendly with almost everybody, even if I'm a little suspicious. You know, I try to keep the line open. I, I really feel that uh, community is the biggest part of this, working together, exchanging information, you know, getting smart together. That That's what it's all about. Um, but I often give the advice to not feed the trolls, you know, don't right. retaliate, uh, especially with the lawfare stuff. I mean, there are some cases that we're looking into where they're using lawfare to just scare people. I mean, they're they're putting in documents that they know will get thrown out of court. You know, there are ma- major errors in the titles of things and names spelled wrong and locations are, are wrong. You know, these are tactics that they use to intimidate people, unfortunately. Um, you know, it's... It's, it's a really hard road to walk because you want to you want to be righteous and you want to walk the, the right way. You know, you want to walk in the in the footsteps of Jesus Christ to turn the other cheek. But on the other end, you want to like shake people and be like, "Listen, guys, like don't follow this trash. This is this is here to separate, divide, and conquer us." Right. And I'm telling you, it's coming from the very top. This isn't just some you know backyard operation here. You have to understand, I can't drive this home enough. They, in the MSM, in the government, in private agencies, deep state, whatever you want to call it, they are terrified. Look at, go to New York, uh, go to the, the New York Times, go to the Washington Post, go to any periodical online, okay? Go to NBC News, you know? You're seeing ads. You can't even look at articles online. You've got like three or four free and then you have to pay. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. This is what's happening because they, they don't have people going and rushing out to get the news from them anymore because their narrative has been tarnished because they have reported fake news. The actual news that we depended on is now not really that great. <laughs> well, you know, and you you said something very profound when you when in your opening in your opening statements, and that that's what we're seeing. The infiltration is coming, or or the reason, uh, and I'm not sure how you phrased it, but the mainstream corporate media they, they're terrified, but they want to find out. Um, well, how did you say that at the beginning? In fact, this well, we discussed this off air, and I thought that, uh, and I thought about this all. All weekend, John Robertson, our producer, Melissa, and myself were on a conference call. And I thought about what you said all weekend. I thought, man, that's really right on the money. Um, yeah, what they want to do is they they're it's kind of like a, an experiment. They're they're collecting data. They're collecting data on why 
uh, we as independent journalists have been able to call people towards the truth. So what they, what they're trying to do is they're trying to infiltrate, gain the data, infiltrate, take back the narrative, and repackage the truth in the way that they want it to be told. Because what we're doing is dangerous. Because it doesn't require spoon feeding. It requires brains. And it requires a voice. And that is not what the deep state wants. That is not what they want people to do. They want people to be going to their job, coming home, making dinner, watching the news, you know, take a shower, rinse, repeat. You know what I'm saying? That That's not our world anymore. You know, people are waking up to the fact that they have the power to make a difference, especially when we all come together with those, the common goal of illuminating the truth. You know? Absolutely right. And, Lisa, I want to ask you this. I mean, uh, you know, as you said, the, these people perceive and consider what we do dangerous, and they are, you know, hiring infiltrators and all these people to gather information to figure out how, as you said, to repackage the uh, information in, in a way that they can get away with, you know, uh, putting lies in there to deceive people. Personally, I don't think these people will ever be able to repackage their lies in a way uh, that will appear as though it's truth to people in the alternative media. Do you think that, uh, I, I just don't see how, because they they don't have the morality, they don't have the truth on their side, and, and trying to repackage the lies, they can, they can never uh, be as effective. It's the truth that is, uh, I, I I guess attractive. It's the truth is what people want. It's not the people who are. You say are, that, but but they're they're far ahead of us. They got the money. Yeah, they, they, got they, the, they They got. Go ahead. Well, I, yeah, I just want to know if you think, uh, Melissa, that these people can be effective. Uh, I mean, we've seen it to some degree in some of these alternative media movements that are out there. But I'd say the vast majority of people have been able to see through them and you know continue on on that path ahead. Do you think that they they'll be successful? And, and being able to deceive and lead astray the people who follow the alternative media? No, no, I don't. I mean, I personally believe that it's already written that we're going to win in the end <laughs> through truth anyway, yeah. so I feel confident in that battle. Um, but uh, for the for the short term right now, um, I think that it's accelerating. I think that, yes, sometimes we, we flip and flop and we see, you know, we go here, we go there, who's got the news, who's got the truth. Uh, but I think the truth, you know, over a period of time, people working on it, people sleuthing, people investing their energy and their hearts into the understanding of what is being said, um, that we, we are finding out who, who the shills, the real shills are, um, just through that alone, by, by seeking truth, seeking documentation. Uh, personally, I'm a huge document person. Um, it's how I base all of my, of my understanding of, of the truth. Um, it, it is really great to uh, use conjecture sometimes uh, to, to find out, okay, wh- where's the hypothesis taking us? But in the end, you know, the truth is the truth, and, and you really can't sway from that if you got it. So uh, I'm confident. Okay. And, and Melissa, and I just want to tell the audience this. In the last, this is Thursday, in the last four days, well, I don't want to exaggerate, in the last ten days, I'll give some credit there. Um, we've received four, four notices in it before in anticipation of legal uh, uh, legal action. That um, how can I put this without violating, without getting spanked by my attorneys? 
Notice I said plural. Um, it, basically, if we don't talk about this because it's the, um, I'm going to sue you for not just defamation, but for the intentional infliction of emotional distress. For what the hell is going on here? You're telling me I can't talk about a factual, a, a set of facts out in the open source arena? And if I do, you're going to sue me for the intentional infliction of emotional distress and defamation? First of all, I don't scare that easy. Let me tell you that right now. I'm all in. I got, you know, I don't have that much money, but I got some attorneys that are willing to cut me a break once in a while. So, but what's going on here? Because I, okay, I'll just, I'll just say one, one issue. Seth Rich. You can't talk about Seth Rich without, without fear of being sued. What? Why? Or do you prefer not to go there? No, I, I totally want to go there. I mean, believe me, I, I was the great Twitter purge of, of uh, Brian Podesta, okay? That was of my doing. <laughs> okay. You weren't allowed to say Brian Podesta um, from the NCMEC when we were speculating his relation to John Podesta. Uh, you know, the WAPO, the Washington Post, his, both his parents worked there the same week. Uh, John Podesta goes in there. You know, it, it was just this whole thing. And if you mentioned his name, you were banned for 24 hours on Twitter. You know, and I had YouTube's videos taken down. And, um, you know, the, it is a censorship of the voice, uh, whether it's being censored technologically uh, or whether it's being served papers to keep your mouth shut, a gag order. Uh, you know, you got to pay this money because you said something that hurt somebody's feelings. This is really bad. This it's is uh, this, it, it absolutely is. I mean, we can't we can't speak anymore. What happened to the, to our to our rights, folks? The freedom of speech. You know, if I have an opinion about something, I mean, God forbid. I mean, this is what really aggravates me. You know, you guys lost your live stream for a while. I've had videos taken down. People have been completely canceled off of the internet. Not allowed to post anything. <clears throat> but yet, you've got some of these. Uh, you know. I don't want to mention any uh, news outlets, but no, no. You, you know the, the, the in-between ones where you're just like, come on, really? Like that's what you're gonna that that's not news at all. That's fake news. That was from three years ago. That's the wrong guy. That's the wrong date. Like what is this crap? You know that stuff remains online. They have no problem keeping the untrustworthy media out there because it creates an infestation of confusion and chaos. You know, to discredit anything other than the mainstream media. So they will use, you know, these really, uh, disinformation, um, platforms to spread disinformation to their, to their followers. They're using lawfare to silence and scare people out of their wits or just to completely bankrupt them so they have nothing, you know, and they have yeah, to get a regular full-time job. To, the, to those people out there saying, well, they'll never win a lawsuit like that. They don't have to win. All they have to do is file because it'll cost you ten grand before you even get out of the gate. Ten grand for a retainer, uh, easy. Sometimes fifteen. And yeah, they we don't talked have, about that. Yeah, it, it's just and the, the chaos and the mental stress. Just you know, imagine that. Well, yeah, uh, you know about that. So I, I didn't mean that, but it, it's not a fact of winning or losing. It's a fact that. That they, they've they figured out. Oh, okay, we can inflict maximum damage. We don't have to win. In fact, we won't even get an attorney. We'll just file pro se. They they learn how to do it. File away in the courts. 
they they bind it up for what six months. In our case, well, I can't talk about our cases, but nonetheless, um, well, I can talk about cases. You got like hundred, two hundred page, you know, documents which they're everything's spelled wrong. You know, things aren't even accurate, um, and it's they know they know that it's never going to go through, but. They are counting on you not knowing, and because you don't know, you're going to hire a lawyer. And we all know the lawyers, you know, they, granted you have some some good lawyers here and there, but they work for the court too. So, you know, the, the, the man's always making the money somehow. They get you any way they can. Um, and, but and he, I think in that conversation that we had off air, you said it so well. The attorneys, they all work for the – basically all work for the judges. Uh, I mean, so, so – when you and, and believe me, to try to find a, a, a good, honest attorney like you know we've looked for. Uh, when I say good and honest, I'm talking about what am I trying to say, Melissa? Articulate this for me. Uh, an attorney that someone who isn't gonna r- roll you through the mud, man. <laughs> I, I, yeah, and understand. Who cares that, right. you, that you are okay? And, and they, they, they understand the playing field. They understand what's going on. It's it's amazing to me how many attorneys don't understand what's going on here. They'll see it. Most intelligent people I know, but the most stupid people I know too, because they. Anyway, but you're you're right. You you're doing so well. I'm going to shut up and get out of your way because you're you're doing well. <laughs> uh, I just I just feel like you know, someone said in one of my comments, oh, you know, it's so cliche to say you're over the target when things are happening, but I'm telling you, we are over the target, and that's why these things are happening right now. You know, if we were hawking misinformation and, and, you know, disingenuous stuff, I guarantee you no no one would be saying anything to us. They would be happy with that. They would prefer people to be ignorant to the reality, ignorant to the truth. And, and in the areas you know? in where you walk, the areas that, that you, that, that where you're in, man, I'll tell you, folks, it, we need to support Honeybee, um, the Honeybee. Follow her on Twitter. Follow follow her work, uh, Kids Inc. As a matter of fact, but where you work, it's especially perilous because the people just want—I mean, they want your hide. Um, I don't want to say anything you don't want me to say, but you've been through the mill the last number of weeks, months. Just pray for the honeybee, I, I, and feel free to say whatever you want to say, but. People have to know that you're under the gun, or you're you're really getting fired upon. For your yeah, work. it's pretty it's pretty much a part of the of the job. You know, I do have to take some breaks here and there, but um, it's it's more important to me um, that people are are understanding the levity of the situation, especially with how they can do something about it. And I can't stress that enough. <laughs> you know, it, it, working together, starting in your communities, finding out. Who your local government is, who your your sheriff is, who your chief of police is, who the big wigs in your in your your city or town are, um, and just get your finger on the pulse, you know. So when these news stories pop up, you know, you can kind of follow uh, follow the information, you know. Start start groups of people to help families in your town. I mean, we have been to a number of court like sessions with families to try to get their kids back. Uh, when they were kidnapped by CPS, you know, and when you go with, you know, 10, 15 people in your entourage, you know, that know the, the, you know, know the situation, are standing behind that family, it kind of freaks out the judge. It kind of freaks out the lawyers. They don't know what to do. 
they're expecting this closed little, you know, court situation where, you know, they're probably going to take it off the record and they're going to take somebody in the back and speak privately with the lawyer. You've got 20 people in there from your community who are backing you up. They like malfunction. That is the power of community. That is the power of people working together. You know, and we do it on Twitter. You know, we do it on YouTube. We, we come together. We work together. We become stronger. You know, and that's how things are going to change. We need to reach critical mass of people that are woken up and that know how to make a difference and that know how to seek out the truth and be privy to that kind of, of information. Well, Lisa, let me ask you this. We got a, an email from one of our listeners and they ask, just wondering how Honeybee got started doing what she is doing now. Never heard this story before. Uh, and uh, well, let me ask you, what motivated you to get involved? What drove you to get involved in doing what you're doing now? So I've always been um, a researcher, per se. I've, I've been watching the Hagman Report for many years, uh, more than seven at this point. <laughs> um, so... You know, I, I've always always been thirsty for the truth. Uh, really big into philosophy and um, the kind of the biblical side of how to interpret the the situation that we're in right now, uh, the evil versus the good. Um, but once uh, the election started ramping up um, and you had Pizzagate kind of come out, um, I had this pull to actually start creating content and showing people what I found and what I thought about what was going on. Um, and I focused mainly on D.C. because that's kind of where the Pizzagate stuff was happening. But I wanted to see if there were other pedophile situations going on in D.C. Uh, and I looked through the sex offender registry and lo and behold, I'm finding government officials, people that work for the Department of the Treasury, uh, people that work for, you know, the, the uh, D.C. Police Department, um, convicted of, of raping children, molesting children, and uh, having child pornography. Literally, a pedophile ring of little sex offender registry dots around the White House. And that was, like, mind-blown for me. Um, you know, I... I am a, a, I'm a true believer in Pizzagate, but what I started to do is take it to that next level where I could show people, okay, this is also going on right down the street, and here's all the court documents. You know, here's where this guy is working now. He's right back into the government. He's privately contracting for the DOD, you know. Now that he's been demoted, he's, you know, making millions of dollars now as a private government contractor, and nobody knows the difference, you know. So that kind of in-depth research is kind of where I started, um, but I'd always been very interested in um, child abduction, uh, satanic ritual abuse, um, things that were always on the periphery that people didn't, it was like the, the fringe, you know, people didn't really want to talk about it, um, and most mainstream outlets would write it off as satanic panic, but this past year, I mean, we've interviewed people that um, have been in these cults. I have found court cases, you know, like the Hosanna Church case in Ponchatoula, Louisiana, where this church was shut down and the people, the pastors that were there admitted to, you know, sacrificing animals and, and raping the children there, you know, writing these satanic things on the walls and, and like animal blood. I mean, this, there are cases that this is actually happening. It's fascinating to me that the MSM never wants to cover it. You know, it's, it's actually very scary. And, you know, this omission 
to me, it seems like guilt or an attempt to cover up what's really going on. If people really knew at the number that I, I wish they would know um, what was going on, you know, look at Craig Sawyer's work. I mean, just yesterday he posted a video of an underground tunnel where they're storing children. I mean, this guy's working with local law enforcement. He's a he's a, a an ex-Marine, you know, and he's like down in these caverns where there's toys and food packets for these children that are put in these tunnels, you know, for long periods of time before they're taken out and sold to whoever. I mean, this stuff is really happening. And that's why I had to do something about it, and that's where that's where I kind of started. I couldn't believe what was going on in, in this country, not like somewhere in a third world country somewhere, you know, war-torn or, you know, some sort of uh, natural disaster. It's happening as a business in our country. <laughs> I, I, I want I just want to tell our audience, uh, I know Honeybee's work. I know Melissa's work. And let me tell you something. You never want to get her on your tail. Uh, if I was a pedophile, I'd rather see Chris Hansen waiting for me than, than the Honeybee, okay? Uh, I know your work, and, and just for our audience' sake, that uh, you got to understand, folks. She's down in the trenches. She's exposing these these perverts. Uh, she mentioned Craig Sawyer. Craig, I joke, Craig Sawyer can kill you with a napkin. Uh, I joke, but I'm pretty sure that's true. Um, Probably after, after many, meeting him in Chicago and speaking with him in Chicago. Uh, but 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 um, you know you know Middle East. I, I, I've always wanted to be in, in in the Rolling Stone magazine. I got my opportunity, <laughs> you know. Um, and of course, uh, those people. I, I laugh because the words um, attributed to me. Yeah, they're, they're true. And it's just interesting placement of the words. That's all. Um, calling me basically basically a loon, crazy for talking about PizzaGate. But you said PizzaGate is real. What do you mean by that? And and forgive my, forgive that question, the structure of that question. But what do you mean, Pizzagate's real? Because it's been debunked and discredited, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. And Doug, I remember that article. Actually, I I didn't know about it. I found it myself, um, and then I I emailed it to you really quickly. And I'm like, Doug, did you see you're the Rolling Stone? Not good though. Not good. Yeah. Be prepared. Yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, that, that's how I found out about it. it was you? Thanks a lot. <laughs> flabbergasted to see that uh, I felt bad but also you know I was like wow Rolling Stone way to go Doug <laughs> but um call me when you're on the cover though right no anyway right, yeah no that, that time for me has passed I had my music career and uh, I'd rather be doing this than anything so but 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 um, but, but again Pizzagate because people have this this thought that Pizzagate is about one person one pizza shop uh one uh, narrative when it's so much more than that, right? It's it's not just it's. I mean, it's it's been hijacked. It's been it's not been debunked or discredited. Not at all. Not at all. Um, and the actual, you know, Comet Pizza, the entourage with that, Hillary Clinton, John Podesta, all that stuff. There is a plethora of information that will clearly show you that there is something nefarious going on and please go to vote you know go check out the really detailed investigations that we put on there i moderate over at vote um where there are rules to post you need to cite your hypothesis you need to at least have one link it needs to be 
extremely related to child sex trafficking, anything to do with the people involved in D.C. and all those circles that are related to Pizzagate. But Pizzagate, the reason it's called Pizzagate, um, it goes further than just, like, the guy at the pizza shop. Pizza, cheese pizza, is a code word on the dark web and in many pedophile circles for child pornography, C-P, child pornography cheese pizza. And this has been going on for decades. I mean, even in 2005, I found an article um, in a forum um, where a woman was talking about her dark web experience, and she was just chatting with people in there, and she felt silly because she she would be talking in this dark web forum, and people were talking about cheese pizza. Oh, the cheese pizza, it's so hot. She had no idea what they were talking about until someone told her, like, oh, they're talking about child pornography. Oh, okay. And everything made sense at that point. So this terminology is is old. It is not new. It does not come from the D.C. pizza place. Um, it, it just, it it's exemplifying the code words. And if you take a look at some articles, there are plenty out there that go even to back page where they use code words and symbols. Uh, even the pedophile community uses the symbols, those FBI symbols that were released, uh, declassified a few years ago. Um, those are real symbols that I that I see uh, on pedophile websites. They say here are our symbols, and they actually one of them, our love frontier, shows the FBI document. It says yes, these are our symbols, but yeah. don't let them muddy the waters with that. You know that they're trying to you know hold on to their their pedophile triangles and their swirls and butterflies. And you know, uh, doing research into the UN, Lucius Trust, Alice Bailey, uh, you know the, these occult. Uh, you know, the Enochian, uh, demonic, uh, texts, they all incorporate these triangles. And if you read even the UN's agenda, and this is where the Trilateral Commission comes from, there, there's something, uh, some kind of occult power surrounding these triangles. And symbolism is a language that has been used since ancient times. And it's used by these secret societies and, uh, uh religious institutions, whether real or not real to to further uh, an agenda through this uh, language that they have that only each other can understand and it's done for the purpose of concealment so because pe- people might be wondering well, why do you need to use symbols what's the importance there and that is a, a language that only uh, the people who set up uh, the symbology would understand but kind of switching gears here Melissa because we only have a few minutes left one I want to ask you this as far as the landscape of the alternative media and the distractions we see. You made a, an interesting comment before uh, where you said the people who are, uh, you know, doing shows every day but putting the information out there in a way where there, where you have to come back to get the rest of the story but never really getting to the truth. I want to ask you this. Do you think the majority of the news that we see, even in the alternative media today, is a distraction? Yes. I mean, especially the regular MSM. I mean, I would... Uh, <laughs> I would say that um, there are there are very many stories that should be featured every night on the news that are just never ever covered. Um, mainly, you know, crimes against children. You know, what's Craig Sawyer doing? Why is why isn't there a story on the mainstream media about what Craig Sawyer is doing? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Well, why isn't that happening? Um, that's a big deal. What he what he's finding is huge. That he arrested uh, a few months ago uh, an IRS special agent. Um, that's a big deal. Yeah. Why was that not on the nightly news, folks? You know, what, what's going on here? Um, as for alternative media, 
I know I my first YouTube video ever I created actually said I was never ever going to make YouTube videos and <laughs> <laughs> I I was talking about those channels that put out uh disinformation every single day with wrapped in a little bow of a little truth to keep you hanging on to keep you coming back and they were getting hundreds and thousands of views a day and they were making like millions of dollars a year uh, just on putting out this uh, clickbait we call it clickbait where you're either regurgitating somebody else's story and taking credit for it uh, or you're reporting something that is half truth that you spice it up with a little misinformation to make it more palatable um, That that is unfortunately a big part of the content creation scene um, it took a while to kind of weed those people out because a lot of them come off as very trustworthy um, but you really have to listen to what they're saying. And like I said, if, if we're going to end this here, please do your own research. It's so easy. We have the technology. We have, you know, communities where we are just going through information and vetting each other and trying to find the right answers. You know, it, there is a community out there that wants to see the truth, and we have to get that community to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, so the truth right. is all that's going to be wanted. People need to wake up. I mean, uh, if not now, then then when? I mean, there, there doesn't seem to be much time left in the direction and in the, with the speed where we are moving. Melissa, we only got about two and a half minutes left. I want to make sure we, we do this before we let you go. How can people help support you? Sure. Um, I have my other little platforms where people donate to me personally, but I, I don't really want to get into that. I'll be on the Hagman Show again in the future someday, and we could talk about those. But right now, um, if if you do feel compelled, we are finishing our documentary called Kids, Inc. It is a very important project that I've been working on with Anthony Kadorniga and Heather Mittendorf for quite some time. Um, these are real families, real children. Um, real survivors of some really heinous crimes. Um, really great information. We have specialists, professionals. Um, the, we run the whole gamut of what Pedogate really is and what people in their own communities are doing to try to fight it. Um, we, we have a documentary fundraiser page. If you feel compelled, please go to plumfund.com forward slash crowdfunding forward slash kids inc documentary and that would be the most helpful thing we are in our last round um, we're going to LA we're going to interview a few more people there uh, we really want to produce this in the way that will be a really great product for you guys to be able to get all that you can from um, the information we have to share it's beautiful so far we're really excited that we're almost done um, we still have to purchase music for it uh, royalty-free music costs money. We want to be able to give people hard copies um, and to say thank you uh, to the people that did support us. So if you feel compelled, please go to our fundraiser page and uh, kick us a few bucks if you can. Um, if not, just come follow me and share uh, your thoughts. I'm very vocal on Twitter. Um, I'm the honeybee underscore at Twitter, uh, and I will... I, I we, we follow you, and <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the information you share is is second to none. And I got to tell you, kids, Inc., folks, it's worth the investment. Uh, seriously, what, what they put together, what Honeybee and her crew has put together, Heather and Anthony, 
just from what I've seen. It's astounding. It's it's a must-see. So thank you for doing that and for all your hard work. I know that you you know what I know, folks, that she she will never re, uh, uh, regain what she's put into that financially, emotionally, and otherwise. So thank you for that. Thank you. I have in my heart, and that's really all that matters. So thank you, guys. We'll talk. You got a great heart, and thank you. Thanks. <laughs> wow. It's one of my favorite people, actually. Yeah. You know, really, it's, it's she's such a, uh, she's such yeah. a gracious and sweet and kind woman. But boy, don't have her on your tail. If you're out there <laughs> and you're diddling kids, man, <laughs> you might as well, you better find a rock someplace and crawl under it. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman Report up against network break. Coming up, Marty Hayes. Going to be a really great informative segment. Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network. Marty Hayes. Coming back. Hagman report this the 31st day the last day of May 2018 can you believe that May's almost over with it's kind of uh, time think about time again I always ask the question what happened to the 70s of course if you lived during the 70s you don't eat and well you get you get the idea but uh, time seems to be accelerating doesn't it interesting headlines uh, Google describes the Calif- uh, the California GOP as standing for Nazism yeah and they're uh, uh if you read the, that, that article is up on on the front of Drudge. Yeah. And on the when you click on the California Republicans underneath it, it has uh, associated yes, uh, yes ideologies or whatever, and Nazism is listed. And, and this is what Google, see Google yes. is starting to do this. This okay. is their analytic. Uh, move to DuckDuckGo or Start Page or some other. I would not use Google as a search mechanism. And by the way. Google is not a verb, at least not in my lexicon. I used to have rules. I gotta bring those back. Google's not a verb. And if you say I, or Google that, you know, no, no, no. But, um, anyway, that's one thing. There's also, uh, Rod Rosenstein's special counsel, the appointment, of course. There's uh, reasons why legal scholars are saying reasons why that appointment for a special counsel was illegal. And uh, you've got, of course, the dust-up. In case you haven't seen this, the classless, the tasteless, the unfunny Samantha B. Saying just the despicable nature of her comments. Have you seen those comments? I think most people have. And I heard uh, on the way over to the studio today on the Sean Hannity show, I think it was Geraldo Rivera that was on, and he said it is tantamount to, for a woman to call another woman that word is tantamount to somebody calling an African American the N word. I don't know if I agree with that. No, you know, I, I don't agree with that. That's how some people apparently look at it as. It was definitely, I'm surprised that TBS even aired it. Yeah, I, I, I am too. But, but you know what, Joe, we were talking about this earlier. I don't believe that this is a First Amendment issue. I think this is a lack of taste, a lack of class issue. Mm-hmm. And, and, and 
Well, the reason it becomes a First Amendment issue is because we see the, the, the double standard that we have seen in the media. You know, we talked about Roseanne and, and the, yeah. this tasteful yeah. tweet she put out and how her whole show was canceled. And at the same time, the same company that canceled her show for what she said goes and hires somebody like Keith Overman, who uh, is as foul as anybody out there. Um, but but can, can, can the people, can you see now what's happening here? And again, we were talking about this. Uh, just imagine this. You're 22, 23 years old. I don't care. Or you're young. Or maybe you're not young. But you make a post on Facebook or Twitter. Let's say it's pro-Second Amendment or or pro, whatever it might be, pro-Bible, pro-Second Amendment, pro-God, anti-abortion, pro-life. Three years from now, you go to apply for a job, and the company that is looking to hire you maybe doesn't agree with your political or moral stance, your moral position. Can you see now where this is all headed? Can you see when I when I said before about this is going to be a method uh, to to freeze you out economically. You're, you're, it's, it's a capital issue. It's it's about your future. Um, but then again, then you've got this. What is what happens then? Then you begin then you be, begin to self censor. If you believe in in let's say Jesus Christ as the as your Lord and Savior, but you won't profess it publicly. If you believe in the right to bear arms, if you believe in the right to the, of the Second Amendment, which we're going to be talking about here, this segment, but, but you don't you, you don't say so publicly, you're self-censoring. You see what's happening. You see the influx. So where does this all trace back to? It, it goes back, and, and I say this all the time. It goes back to this Marxist ideology, the Frankfurt School, Antonio Gramsci's of the world. That that Antonio Gramsci. I, I read laughingly at this obscure blog, uh, who said the Alinsky playbook isn't relevant today. To I mean, it was a book written 50 years ago. And it's not relevant to today. And I thought, how shallow! I first of all, how intellect, how, how stupid, flat out, plain out stupid. But how shallow that thought. It's not, you want to know where 1984 is? It's not just, it's just not, you know, time-wise in the rearview mirror, but it's in the rearview mirror. And by the way, did you ever, did you ever notice on your rearview mirrors, objects are closer than they appear? Well, guess what? Today, the final battle, it's closer than it appears. And this is part of the final battle. Um, in the, in the run-up for our next guest, our next guest is Marty Hayes. Someone had given me, the newsletter for um, for the uh, Marty Hayes' newsletter. It's uh, and I just want to get this right. ArmedCitizensNetwork.org. ArmedCitizensNetwork.org. And I read this. This was uh, in fact here it is right here. Thanks, John. Someone had hand- I don't know where I got this from. I th- you know what? I think I might have printed this out. It's available on Armed Citizens. ArmedCitizensNetwork.org ArmedCitizensNetwork.org And I, I printed this out and I read it and I printed uh, like, I don't know, a bunch of copies and passed it out in the office and I went to the website and I started reading what was on this website and I asked John, I said, John, would you would you mind getting getting a hold of the president of this organization on? Because uh, it's so important. Right now, the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network 
Incorporated. Let me read the, the bio here, the intro. The Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network, Inc., is a privately owned for-profit corporation led by Marty Hayes, Vice President Vincent Schuck, and Operations Operations Manager uh, Gila Hayes. Hopefully I pronounced that name properly. Marty Hayes, the, the concept of the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network, Inc., is the idea of the network's president, Marty Hayes, who, after founding and running a successful firearms training business, the Firearms Academy of Seattle, Inc., for many years, chose to address the issue of post-shooting legal issues. We talk on this program, folks, about, I believe, it is an absolute requirement to carry a weapon. If you are an adult, if you are, if you've got all, all of your faculties, and especially if you are a man, if you're the husband or the father or a father and husband, if you're the protector of the family, and this is nothing against women, but if you're, if you've got a family, if you've got a wife, it's your duty, it's your God-given duty to protect them as much as it is to, to protect yourself. So I'm a believer, as Joe is, in concealed carry. I'm a believer, believer in carrying firearms and having firearms. And I'm a believer in self-defense. If someone is going to attack, rape, kill my wife, my daughter, I'm shooting, baby. Sorry. Ain't no thinking about it. Now, how many of you out there have given thought to, if you pull your weapon, would not even shoot it, but just pull it, display it, what happens next? Have you given that any thought? And if you haven't, or if you haven't, luckily, if you haven't been in that position, think about being in that position. <clears throat> I remember Keith Hansen, who's going to be on later, t- uh, talking about a situation where there was an individual in Florida um, didn't pull his weapon. Somebody just saw it in a, in a, in a in waistband uh, uh, holster. Remember that? He was talking about that. Oh yeah, and uh, the 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 dust up from that, the legal dust up from that. So consider what would happen though if you use your self defense rights and protection of yourself. There's a lot of paperwork, but there's a lot of post shooting or post uh, displaying of weapon issues. Well, Mar- Marty Hayes saw the need for the defense uh, of the defense. And this is where this arose. In 2003, Marty decided to pursue a law degree with the expectation of working in the legal arena. And during this time, the idea of the network was born upon his graduation in 2007. He set out to form the structure of the network, along with working with other top firearms training professionals to ensure the success of the network. So, he brings, he brings now, over 20 years' experience as a professional firearms instructor, 30 years of a law enforcement association, and his knowledge of the legal profession is both an expert witness and his legal education. Um, that's what this is all about, and this it's so necessary. So you might not think, it, well, this doesn't apply to me. Times are changing, and if you live in Chicago, pay very close attention because, of course, that's a gun-free zone. And, uh, well, enough said about that, right? But uh, I don't know, Joe. It's their their mission is good. We need to know. And who's talking about this out there? 
Who's talking? Who, who is actually addressing this? That's why I love this. I, I love this newsletter. I, I, I really do. I, lo- I love the website. And I'm so excited to have Marty on with us. We are excited to have Marty on with us. And he's on with us. So it's all good. Let's, uh, let's bring him on. Uh, Mr. Marty Hayes of the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network. Marty, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here and, frankly, an honor, too. Why don't, well, thanks. Yeah, go ahead. Why don't we do this? Let's um, let's start by uh, having you telling our audience a little bit about yourself and, and how you got into uh, uh, starting this network and what you've been able to accomplish. Yeah, aside from, I mean, beyond what I read there, there's always a, a level of personalization that's enjoyed. So go ahead and fire away, pun intended. Like. I got into this field basically because I was teaching people how to use guns for self-defense, and I believed I was teaching them the the do's and don'ts as far as when you can and can't use a gun for self-defense. But even when people did everything right, I saw people still being prosecuted, and I felt that was that was not right. And so I started working in the legal arena as a as, a, as an expert in self-defense cases, I studied with Masada Yub, uh from the Masada Yub group and then Lethal Force Institute for many, many years. And so I decided, you know, I'm going to do something about this. I can help protect my students if I went and got a law degree and joined the bar. But while I was going through law school, I decided, you know, if there was a nationwide organization that people could join, pay a few dollars a month, and then if they were criminally prosecuted or sued after an act of self-defense, then we would be there to help them with their legal legal issues. And so we decided, you know, nobody else has done this, but I don't mind uh, being the first one. So we went ahead and started up in 2008. And now, 10 years later, we've grown to 16,000 members. Uh, over $1.3 million in our legal defense fund, and we've helped 18 people so far after acts of self-defense. We're going to get to those 18 people, 18 cases, because I, I don't think enough time is spent on the post-incident stuff, the fallout, what happens. Yeah, not at all. You know, so I think I think we need to talk about that. But what really uh, caught my attention and I'd like to start here, if you don't mind, is is in your, I think this might have been your February, uh, I'm not sure, in one of your newsletters, the uh, an article that first appeared in your February 2013 Members Journal was reprinted very recently. And the title I found interesting, and of course it's explained within the body, but the title... It is a subject right now that's under such intense scrutiny and so misunderstood and so maligned. But the title is this, Why Americans, Why American Citizens Need Assault Weapons. That's the title of the article. Again, Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network, Inc. Can we talk about this? Because, and you wrote this article back in February 2013. There's so much going on right now. We've got to ban high-capacity magazines. We've got to ban assault weapons, whatever they might be. And there's this push, and I guarantee it's not going to stop. Can we talk about this, why Americans need uh, assault weapons for whatever they might be? 
Yeah, absolutely. I wrote the article after the uh, Newtown, Connecticut, uh, Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. And the subject of banning assault weapons was in front of everybody. And I wanted to get some clarity out there as to why Americans actually need these weapons and and can't give them up and shouldn't give them up and and frankly even if they were outlawed uh wouldn't give them up and the reason being basically is twofold one is the criminals have these types of weapons and so if you are going to have a fighting chance against the criminal element of today then you need uh you need equal firepower or hopefully better firepower but at least equal firepower and then secondly as we know as our country goes further and further towards the left and there seems to be a bigger and bigger divide every time you turn around uh, we could be facing at some point a civil war if somehow it gets through Congress and the president signs a confiscation uh, bill as far as let's go take these guns away from people uh, that's going to trigger a civil war and if that's the case then we need the best firepower we have uh, to basically take back our take back our country uh, I believe that the second American revolution will occur I don't think it will happen in my lifetime but it could and we just don't know what's going to uh, happen tomorrow or in three months or three years from now you know I, I, I agree with you on that I believe that I think we're already in the midst, I think, of a kind of a, a cold civil war. You know, no shooting has been done yet, I, I, I guess. Uh, not counting, of course, what happened in the, uh, with, with, the, with the shooting of the Scalise and others. But um, I can see this going to a, a second American revolution, especially if they do try to, to take the guns away. I guess, that which, which leads me to my question, do you think right now, Let's say another school shooting happens tomorrow on the level of Sandy Hook or New, you know whatever. Will there be legislation? Do you think pushed through for what they call sensible gun control? You know whatever that means. Uh, and if so, do you think that do you think that people will respond by surrendering their their weapons bullets first in many cases? That's a two-part question. Yep. First is. one is that, no, I don't think that we will get national legislation, although the push from Michael Bloomberg and his ilk uh, basically now is on state by state. Uh, I live in Washington State, and we have been a, a victim of the Bloomberg machine. Uh, here a couple, three years ago, there was an, an initiative passed, uh, basically funded by Bloomberg, and uh, we now have the uh, universal background check. I can't give a gun to a friend without having to go through a dealer and get a background check, even though I know that he's 100% good guy. So that's where I think that the legislation is going to go. And then, of course, those have to be uh, to be studied by the the courts, first the state courts, then the federal courts, and then the Supreme Court. And so we're, we're talking five to ten years down the road before we would have that issue really resolved. But then secondly, it's a matter of even if, if, if the legislation did pass 
and the order came out, uh, go start confiscating guns. I believe a shooting war would, would happen, uh, by those good, honest, armed Americans who say, no, you will not take my guns. Uh, the, you know, the line, you know, the line is right here, the line in the sand. And so I don't think it will happen. I think we'll have an overthrow of our federal government if they decide they want to start coming out and confiscating guns. After all, you know, we have a right to keep and bear arms. It's a constitutional right. Uh, and we've had two recent Supreme Court decisions which affirm that right. And so it is the defender who is protecting the Constitution at that point, not uh, a military unit or a police unit. Which leads me then to the next question is yeah. I don't think the are going to, uh, I don't think they're going to come. They, they've taken an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States, and I think they will say, no, we are not going to carry out that illegal order. Okay. Well, we see, yeah, I, I just watched the video of what happened uh, in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, which just was, you know, reminded me of, of that environment, of course, of the emergency situation, but um, it doesn't give the, give the, Authorities the, the right to do what they did, but okay. Um, was it Illinois, Joe? The uh, that recent the ban uh, the AR-15s. Yeah, yeah, it was, a, it was a, yeah. a municipality village in Illinois. I can get the name of the, the town, but they're one of many. Some have banned. Uh, some have asked for for uh, residents to turn in, uh, you know, accessories or or modifiers. But Marty, let me ask you this: You, you mentioned the political divide in the in the country. And the potential for a civil war. Uh, what do you think is driving this political divide? What do you see as the uh, reasonings behind uh, this division we're seeing? I I don't have an answer to that. I'm sorry. The only thing that I can think of is that there are people in power in this country who have gained power and keep power by pushing the left agenda, and. So they keep pushing harder and harder, pandering to their uh, constituents. Uh, we see that in the city of Seattle. And oh, so yeah. as the as a nation, basically it polarizes the nation as, as they become more leftist. And, uh, and so I think it's just simply the individual greed to maintain power is really probably what's behind it. All right. Our, our guest, folks, is Marty Hayes. Um, he is the the man behind uh, the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network. And if you go to uh, armedcitizensnetwork.org, there it is right there. Uh, join, because you don't know. I mean, if, if, if you're a gun owner, look, you're going to need post-shooting uh, or post-incident uh, legal defense assistance. This is an organization, the organization, perhaps, to, to get just that. And, again, our guest is Marty Hayes. Um, law enforcement experience, uh, legal experience, lawyer. And uh, so, okay. Um, you know, it's, it's so many questions right now. The, the divide in this country has never been deeper. The push for gun confiscation, or the push for the sensible gun laws, the, you know, whatever those might be, Never stronger. Are, are you in favor of any modifications of the laws, sensible gun laws? 
Is there anything that you would you would say? Yeah, you know what? I'd sign on to this. No, not really. I think that we've got a set of laws that really work pretty well right now. Uh, what we need to do is we need to enforce these laws, and uh, and that, that comes with you know like one of these last shooters. You know, he was being he was arrested, prosecuted, convicted of domestic violence in the military, but they didn't bother to report it to our background check system. And so he was able to buy guns and, and keep killing. And that's the type of thing that needs to be resolved. We need to get that, that system to where it works. Right now it's not working. Uh, at least most of, most of the time it works, but sometimes it doesn't. But th- we don't need any more laws. You know, there, there's really nothing out there that I see that would pass that would really make a, any difference. Uh, but we need to get a handle on this, uh, this medical or, Mental health issue, not medical, mental health issue. Yeah, and, and you make the, the point, uh, you know, we've seen so many failures in our uh, background check system. The one you mentioned of the church shooting where the guy uh, should have never been able to access a firearm after being dishonorably discharged. We also, in the Parkland shooting, you had, um, the, the cops came to this kid's house, you know, over 40 times. You had two different tips, including uh, an additional one by the shooter himself that he was going to do this on social media and then you look at the promise program which kept the uh, people who the children who were committing crimes out of the systems further allowing them to uh, get you know access to firearms without the uh, uh, which they would have never had if the the systems would would work properly so you're saying enforce the existing gun laws that we already have because we don't need to create new ones um what about these stand your ground laws? We've seen a lot of push against these, uh, especially around 2014 through 2016, uh, with some police officer involved shootings and other shootings. Do you think that the stand your ground laws should be across all 50 states? And do you agree with the, the stand your ground laws? Well, I, I can't say I agree with it because it is different in all different states. Yeah. And so there's nothing to really agree with that we could, we could find a consensus for. I don't think that we need really different use of deadly force laws either. We just need to have prosecutors who take their job uh, seriously and honestly to look at cases and say, no, this is a reasonably legitimate case of self-defense. We are not going to prosecute. Yeah, and and you do see uh, these ambitious prosecutors who seem to, uh, you know, want to make a name for themselves or go against uh, even the common sense and constitution at times to, to go after law-abiding citizens who you know, were just defending themselves uh, to set an example, and it's really unfortunate. We're talking with Marty Hayes, uh, his organization, Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network, and we're going to, we're, we're right up against the break. Armed Citizens Network uh, dot or, yeah, org. I'm sorry. And, and by the way, network membership is it's inexpensive. It's $135 a year. You can get three-year three, three year memberships at a steep discount. The newsletter, uh, the journal, as, as they write it month on a monthly basis, worth that alone. We're going to be talking about uh, joining the, the network and uh, the benefits thereof and uh, what they will do right after the network break. Stay with us.
This is the Agri Report for today. It is the last day of May 2018. How time flies. Uh, it's talking off air with, uh, Marty Hayes. And I want to make one correction. The, the, uh, he's, he's not, he's not the man behind, uh, Armed Citizens Defense Network, Legal Defense Network. No, no, no. His wife is. It's kind of funny because very much the same here. You know, the driving force. And of course, uh, he's just the, uh, the pretty face of the poster child for that. I'm, I'm joking, of course. Uh, again, Marty Hayes is our guest. I would urge everyone to join the uh, the network, and here's why. And, and think about this. We talk all of the time. Look, you need to be armed. You really need to have... It's better to have a gun than not need it than need a gun and not have it. Of course, I think we can all agree with that. But have you thought about the next step? Let's say you are righteous in drawing a weapon or righteous in drawing your weapon and shooting someone. God forbid that would ever happen. But in, in today's environment, you just don't know. But have you thought about what happens next? What happens after that? Maybe you are 100% in the right. Did you ever think that you could find yourself perhaps in the interrogation chair in, in a police department being interrogated for a righteous shoot? taking down a criminal that was intent on killing you or killing your wife or killing a loved one or killing someone else there was a uh, there was a discussion and I'm not afraid to mention I, I happened to, to look at the forum at Democratic Underground which I just think is a horrific horrible place but there was a shooting where a guy actually two people shot a shooter who was firing into a restaurant and, and, and the, one of the two again, carrying their weapons uh, legally, shot the shooter, the assailant. And I could not believe the level of, uh, I don't want to say, well, stupidity, number one, but the level of misinformation that was given is uh, people saying, well, that man was a vigilante because his life was not being threatened. And just some of the crazy stuff. But that aside, have you have you thought about the next step? So with us, again, Marty Hayes, and I would urge everyone to to visit, and I, I just want to make sure I always get this right, armedcitizensnetwork.org. Download their journals. I mean, fantastic. But uh, uh, for thoughts and for your insurance, it's a very, very inexpensive insurance policy to have someone in your corner uh, for $135 a year membership and for two years even uh, a, a steeper discount, and of course they've got longer memberships. But again, armedcitizensnetwork.org, Marty Hayes. Uh, so, Marty talked about the need for self-defense, or, or the, at least uh, it's prudent to, to to be armed. What happens? Uh, let's say you're you're at a restaurant. John was during the break was, was telling me about a, apparently a state senator uh, who lost uh, two parents due to due to shooting. She was Unfortunately, she she left her gun in the car. But let, let, let's say let's say you're you're involved in a shooting and, and you take take out a, an assailant. You can still find yourself in a world of trouble, right? Well, yeah, because the intentional killing of a human being is a is a crime in all fifty states. It's called murder. And while you have a defense to that crime, uh, you have to make sure that the police understand that there were two crimes that were being perpetrated at the time, the crime against you and your criminal act of shooting and killing someone 
is justified under the doctrine of self-defense or the doctrine of justification. And so that basically takes away your criminal intent and leaves the crime that was perpetrated against you. But when police get a call shooting in progress, they show up and they see a dead guy on the ground and you stand in there with your smoking gun and they immediately think, well, gee, that guy just shot him. You know, he's under arrest for murder. Right. So you need to make some logical steps to ensure that those police know that a criminal act was being perpetrated against you and what evidence they need to investigate. Okay, and, and this that only makes sense. Now, now walk me through this. I, I'm going to the convenience store. I'm in line. Some guy uh, threatens to shoot the cashier. I, I'm I'm armed. I pull out my weapon. He sees me. He lowers his weapon at me. I shoot him dead. Walk me through what happens, what I should do at that point. Just walk me through that, that hypothetical situation that could very well happen. In that hypothetical, I would tell the store owner to call the police, tell them what happened, that an armed citizen just had uh, an armed robber, and then make sure that there was no other people involved, make sure he doesn't have anyone outside that is... In fact, you want to do that before you call the police. Right. The clerk call the police. But uh, then when the police show up, and they're going to get there pretty quickly unless you live in a rural area like I do, but if you did, then you probably wouldn't have a convenience store you're shopping at. <laughs> so uh, the police are going to get there pretty quickly. Uh, you don't want to have a gun in your hand. You want to have that back in your holster or sat down on the counter or something. And uh, and then you basically turn the scene over to the police. You were in charge of that scene until the police arrived. Then you turn it over to them. And they now have the task of figuring out what happened and whether they uh, need to arrest you. Okay. And, and what, I mean, you've seen these situations. You spoke about 18 where you were involved in, um, assuming, of course, that, that that's what happens. The police get there. The scene is secured. You are secure in your person, your safety. The police, again, are, are on scene. Uh, what might one expect or what have you seen? Um, you know, uh, how, how can things go wrong? What shouldn't should you do? What shouldn't you do beyond that? Or well, what shouldn't you say? Or should you right away? Should you I'm say, "Give me an attorney"? Yeah, I'm not everybody what they should do, uh, except for that they need to get educated uh, in this topic. As much as they need to know how to use a gun, they also need to know how to behave after a shooting incident. What I personally am going to do is tell the officer, "Listen." That man attacked me. He was robbing me. My life was in danger, and I had to shoot him. Sounds and simple enough. That pre that sets up the fact that okay, he was the robber, right? And and so now, if there are other people around, I would make sure that the police officers knew that those other witnesses saw what happened. Make sure they don't get away. Uh, if the robber had a knife or a gun or something, and and it got uh, dislodged. It got thrown away. Uh, some somehow it's not clearly evident. Make sure the police know where that is. And then I would make. Then I would say that officer, please understand. I'm going to cooperate with you fully, 
but I need legal representation before I sit down and make a formal statement. And so that's basically how I'm going to handle it. Now, now you said you live in a, I, I got to ask you this because you said you live in a rural area. I, I live in, an, uh, in a township, and I, I know pretty much the police know me. I know the police. Um, even in those situations, you'd still say, you know what? Hey, buddy, you know, even though we, we shared, we shared a pot of coffee at the, you know, local diner two weeks ago, I, I still need an attorney. You'd still do that, right? Yeah, do you know the prosecuting attorney of your local area? Yeah, I, in fact, I do. I do. But I, I you know, you know, that not as well as maybe I think I do. The point is, even if you know the local responding officers, they're not going to make the final decision. It's going to be, the final decision is going to be made by the local district attorney or local prosecutor. And frankly, he's going to appreciate you not mucking up the whole issue by rambling on and saying contradictory stuff. Uh, he's going to like having the fact that an attorney and that uh, the attorney advised you not to say anything further until you've had a full sleep cycle, that you've been able to calm down from this incident, and then that you're willing to come in and sit down with the police and and let them set up a video camera and let them interview you then as far as what happened uh, with your attorney present. That and understand, this, this is the same exact process that an officer is going to go through in an officer-involved shooting. That officer is going to tell his sergeant the bare bones, basically, what happened, and then he's going to uh, not be interrogated. He's not going to have to write a report for 24 to 48 hours afterwards and then he's going to have his attorney or union representative there uh, when he's uh, when he's interrogated or interviewed by the by the homicide detectives. Okay, and that makes perfect sense. Okay, I get this. So, so you, you want to you don't want to be your own worst enemy, is what you're saying as well. Certainly, you want to make sure your rights are protected, regardless of of how correct your behavior might have been, and. Um, so okay, I, I get all that. All right. So, have you seen in your capacity with your organization you've represented or been involved in whatever the, the correct terminology might be, uh, a dozen and a half uh, situations perhaps uh, like this? Have you seen a, a, a righteous, if you will, shooting go south and turn turn ugly, or not within our organization, but outside of our organization, people that I've helped defend on on cases, uh, legal expert cases over the years, that certainly can't, you know, goes wrong. Uh, interestingly, of the 18 cases that Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network members have been involved with, only one of them was a shooting, and that was real justifiable at the grand jury. Uh, the other ones were either a display of a firearm or, uh, or a physical uh, defense. Uh, one of the the funnest ones we had, if you can call it fun, was uh, one of our old guy members was attacked on the golf course, and he drew out his five iron and and defended himself with his five iron. And so huh. that, was, uh, okay. that, was, that was an interesting case, and yeah, that didn't go anywhere. But that's the type of situations that we're basically dealing with. Okay, but, it, it, but you mentioned something very interesting, the, even displaying a, a gun uh, and stopping the situation. You, you still better have somebody in your corner legal legally speaking right um even if you don't pull the trigger yeah absolutely uh you need to you know, again tell the uh 
tell the police what happened, why you felt your life was in danger, uh, or at least why you felt that you were about to be attacked, and what you don't want to do, unless your life is immediately in danger, is you don't want to be pointing the gun at the people. Point it down at the ground. Keep it in the, in the holster with your hand on it and tell the dudes to back off. You don't want any trouble. But don't be drawing the gun out and pointing it at someone because you've just raised the level of possible criminal charges from uh, from a low-level assault or unlawful display of a firearm to uh, to aggravated assault. And so you, you really, as soon as you pull the gun out and point it at somebody, you've really upped the level. And, and, yeah. Okay, and just to be clear, that that's even if everyone kind of backs off and says, ah, okay, you know, the, the situation has de-escalated, you still better get police involvement, right? Yeah, absolutely, and that's why at the network we tell our people, do that, we'll pay your attorney's fees when you do that. And we've had several people. One one case happened in Philadelphia. Uh, one of our members was walking walking his girlfriend's dog, and a Rottweiler came up to attack him and the girlfriend's dog. He drew his firearm, he shot and killed the dog, and then he got out of there. The next day, he called me up and said, Marty, should I call the police and talk to them about this? And I said, no, but what I want you to do is to go down and talk to an attorney, and we help, we set him up with an attorney, he says, get that attorney on board now in case the police come knocking at your door, and then, uh, when that, when that happens, then you've got the attorney to defend you. Uh, but yeah, you, you want that attorney after any use of force, uh, okay. and you want them basically ready to go if, if needed. All right. And, and what does your organ, this is something, I just got an email on this. Um, what does your organization do? So, uh, here I am, I, I'm a concealed weapons carrier, and I want that added level of security. If, if I have to display my weapon or use that weapon, that my rights are looked after. And of course, your organization does this. Uh, if you don't mind, just tell our viewers and listeners the benefits of your organization and what your organization, what you advise your members do after a situation that was any situation with a firearm that we just described. Well, there's really two main things that we do. The first is education. You've alluded to our e-journal. Uh, we also have eight, uh, eight DVDs that we send people uh, from some of the top authorities in the country discussing different aspects of self-defense, uh, primarily self-defense law. Uh, we give out a book called Deadly Force, uh, written by uh, the preeminent individual in the country, Masad Ayub. Uh, then the second thing is, and really the, the core of the network, the foundation, is that we pay for the legal defense for our member. And we can help our member get an attorney if they don't have one, or if the member has an attorney, then we are just simply happy to pay the, pay the bill, which can be running, you know, $100,000, $200,000. Uh, for a serious incident. You know, boy, do I know that. Uh, not because of a case like this, but lawyer fees. You know, it's uh, a retainer. I know one of our best criminal defense attorneys in our area, just a retainer alone is a hundred grand, you know. So, yeah. Uh, so, okay, that's the best. So it's a good insurance. Uh, being a member of your organization is, is certainly good insurance, uh, in that case. Um, yeah, can I 
jump in here for a second. Please, please, yeah. Just want to make sure that people don't get the wrong impression. Uh, we're, we we don't sell insurance. We're not an insurance company. Uh, and so... Yeah, uh, I, my apologies. Maybe the assurance, how's that? At least for there me. There you go. And, and we're, we're really more like the AAA. You get broke down on the side of the road, you can call them and they'll come and send a tow truck. You get involved in a self-defense incident, you can send the attorney and pay for him. Got it. Perfect. Well, all right. Any Anything else that we haven't covered? Anything that you've done, your organization's done, any stories that that might have a moral that our listeners and viewers would benefit from that you'd like to share? Because I, I know that, you know, without I certainly don't want to uh, talk out of school about any, any cases that you've been involved with, but uh, but anything that we need to know. Yeah, this really doesn't come from from our members as much as just the other cases that I've worked on. But there's a couple things that really get people in trouble. Uh, one of them is if they've been drinking to the extent that uh, they're they're fairly well intoxicated, and then they get involved in an incident. Uh, juries hate drunks, and if you use a gun of self-defense after you've had uh, a few beers or a few drinks, then you're going to have a hard time defending yourself in court. The the second thing is that don't lie to anybody about what happened, because if you lie to the police in that initial interview or in a subsequent interview and the police find out you're lying, then the jury isn't going to find you have any credibility. And so how are they going to believe you? And you're going to have to tell them why you felt your life was in danger when you pulled out the gun uh, or pulled out the gun and used it. And so if you've already been shown to be a liar, uh, definitely not good. Got a problem. Yeah. yeah. To me, guns and alcohol don't mix and, you it's know, like fireworks and alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Hold my beer. Watch this. It not, not, doesn't, doesn't work that way. Yeah. Okay. Marty, let me ask you this. Uh, we see so, uh, even more frequently in our society today, uh, areas and, and, and businesses that have gun free zones. Say you're concealed carrying and you go to a plaza, uh, you know, to, for whatever the store is, and you see one of those, um, labels that says, you know, this is a gun free zone. Do the people who are concealed carrying have to abide by the rules of those businesses? It depends on the jurisdiction. Uh, if it's a criminal act to walk by one of those signs, then you, you shouldn't walk by the sign while you're armed. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. Man, thank you for addressing this because, uh, I, well, okay, where we live, um, it, it, there, it's just a sign. But where, where we were, I think it was in Illinois, there was a sign and it cited yeah. a municipal law. Yeah. Okay. And I'm thinking, well, uh, there's two different. Yeah, around here you just have the guns with the uh, yeah. circle and X, you know, with it crossed out. No, not citing code. But yeah, the hotel we were at did cite code. Yeah. But so I was wondering, okay, you know, how, if it was legal for even businesses, if the, if the it's a constitutional right to own and carry firearms, how could a, a private business uh, deprive you of that right, regardless of if on your, you're on their property? I I just didn't understand how that could be a, a criminal offense. Um, and if you had to listen and, and abide by those, I can understand schools and hospitals and whatnot, but just random uh, public businesses. Uh, 
Uh, I, yeah, I, I guess. So you're saying it's from. a jurisdictional issue, or yeah? Well, it's a jurisdictional issue as far as you know what type of violation you just did. If you see the sign there and it's citing a statute, then your walking onto the premise is a criminal violation uh, in itself. But if you just see the uh, the no guns allowed sign without a statutory reference, then you're at least criminal criminal trespassing. Oh. If you knew should have known that you were not wanted on that property, then you violated the trespassing laws. Be arrested for trespassing. I have a philosophy in my life, and it's worked out pretty good for sixty plus years. <laughs> is I don't go where I'm not wanted, and. Uh, case in point, you know, we, we've got $1.3 million in the bank, and so we spread that money out amongst several different banks up to the $250,000 FDIC limit. Uh, well, one day I'm walking into this bank, and they put up a no guns allowed sign on the bank. And so I go in there, and I tell them that I want to withdraw a quarter million dollars and I want to check right now, and I'm going to go put it in a different bank, one that doesn't not want me there, or one that one that lost my money there and doesn't mind if I've if I've got a firearm on. And so I just don't go places where I'm not wanted. You know, thank you for saying that. Did uh, they give you any trouble? Yeah. You, how'd they respond? Did they, they had to ask you why. Well, why? They, yeah, they, they wrote me a check. But but. but, <laughs> but 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 okay because to me it's okay that's a lot of money to me and I'd, I'd be I'd be saying come on man you know um but wow okay but see if if everyone did that we could put these places out of business or, or at least change their minds right I mean that's what we need to do exactly you know we're seeing it in some of the uh, the situations now. Uh, for example, Dick Sporting Goods, yeah. where they came out and decided no more gun, no more assault weapons. We're not going to sell any more assault rifles, whatever assault rifle means. And uh, and so they're now uh, being boycotted by most pro-gun people that that understand the issues. And that's what we need to do. I mean, it, it, it's that simple. Fantastic. Well, Marty, all right, you've taken us right to, it's hard to believe it, it's an hour. Uh, you've taken us right to the top of the hour here with just about a minute to spare, but we want to thank you for your time. Very interesting situations. When you think about all of this, you know, it's, uh, it, stuff ain't as black as, black and white as you'd like to, as people would like to think. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank you for, number one, thank you for you and your wife for your organization. Thank you for the services you provide, and my goodness, thank you for the wonderful writings in your your uh, e-journals. And I would urge everyone to visit your website, armedcitizensnetwork.org, and join. Because uh, I hope not, but maybe if you if you need that assurance, uh, that legal assistance, uh, this is the place to go for more information. Armedcitizensnetwork.org. Um, thank you. Just want to say thank you for your time, my brother. Appreciate it. Very welcome, and uh, I appreciate being here, spreading the word. All right, sir. Well, you and uh, you and your family have a great evening, and thank you again for your gracious gift of time. We will be sending people to your website, your organization, ArmedCitizensNetwork.org, for more information as well as joining membership. Hey, I'll tell you what, you can't beat this. So thank you, sir. We are. Uh, thanks.
right, we're getting up against the break. So yeah, I want to I want to uh, bring your attention to a piece from Alicia Powell, who's been writing for the Gateway Pundit. Man, she is she on fire, John, or what? John, mic up, <laughs> mic up. No, she uh, she is, and she's been doing reports of the Gateway Pundit for uh, I'm not sure what about a week, if you, at least a. Oh, she, 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 she just started. It's, it's like it's like hundred years already. She had uh, put a piece up earlier today that didn't get much traction, but this other one she put up uh, just more recently has gotten more traction than her first one. Unhinged Maxine Waters. Ready for this? Uh, I'm going to read what Alicia. I'm wrote. never ready for the country Maxine. is getting to a point where the American people will either. Or, okay, this is her quoting Maxine Waters. This is what Maxine Waters said today. Okay, the country I'm is getting hang, to hang a on, point. But you know what? Hang on a second. Everyone out there, get in your Maxine Waters listening positions. <laughs> okay, whatever that might be. I don't know. Go ahead. Okay, so she says the country is getting to a point where the American people will either have to stand up and resist this president or go down with him. You hear that, voters? Maxine Waters, the voice of the Democratic Party, in an appearance on MSNBC's All In, argued that President Trump must be impeached because he's in bed with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Go to the Gateway Pundit article and click on that link. There's also another one up there from yesterday. Uh, Jim Acosta, entitled hack Jim Acosta, gets upset when Secret Service doesn't recognize him. Yeah, I saw that. I only saw this 42-second video. They caught the tail end. Yeah, of the tail end. But uh, even more importantly is Jim Acosta and what he has done as far as his coverage of President Obama and having celebrities at the White House talking about prison reform versus his coverage of President Trump covering the same thing yesterday with Kim Kardashian. And, I, you know, I would never have, if I was the president, Kim Kardashian would not be a guest Kim of who? I don't even She wouldn't know who be that a, is. an authority on anything. But either way, Jim Acosta uh, praised the singer John Lennon when he came to the White House to talk with Obama about prison reform. But imagine went the imagine completely that. opposite direction with Kim Kardashian and President Trump's meeting on the same subject. And they, there's articles out there that have the coverage from 2015 and from yesterday of Jim Acosta covering the same topic with just different presidents. And the media has a real credibility and hypocrisy problem that's becoming more and more obvious each day that goes by. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Keith Hansen, then Dr. Mike Spaulding taking us out. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to this Thursday edition of the Hagman Report. Each Thursday, we have been joined by Keith Hansen. He's the host of the Keith Hansen Show, and we have a number of interesting things to talk about tonight, including an event that was put together just in the last uh, few days involving us, Keith Hansen, and Coach Dave that we're going to be talking about today, and uh, it is upcoming just right around the corner. Yeah, f- f- folks, lean in. Lean in. Come here. Lean in. I, I gotta, and I'll post this we, up we on the front to, of Hagman we, Report. We we got to talk, all right? You with me? Are you leaned in? Okay, good. Here's the deal. I just went blank. Yeah, did you did did, did you know, did you sense that? Uh-huh. No. Okay. Um, what's the date? June sixteenth. June sixteenth, which is a Saturday. How about this? If you're in and around the Cleveland area. It's about an hour away from Cleveland. What's the name of the city? It's, uh, uh, hang on a second here. 
It's uh, it's in Cleveland. Or, it's or near right? Cleveland. It's yeah. between Cleveland and Warren, Ohio. Uh, uh, Garrettsville. 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 So, anyway, sorry about that. I had a, a it's been a long day. But how about this? Saturday night, Joe and I, Coach Dave and Keith Hansen. Okay? A uh, dinner, VIP reception, and a Q&A. Kind of a panel discussion. I'm going to put this up what on the Hagman Report right and, now. And, and, then, and then, for 24 people, on Sunday... I want to get the name right of this because I don't want to screw this up. You know what? I'm going to have Keith discuss this. The yeah. firearms training on Sunday. He's on with us. Is he? Yeah. Okay, good. I don't have to stall anymore. Keith, <laughs> help me out here, will you? Actually, your stalling was really helping me because I was able to stop the bleeding. Yeah, I was chopping garlic and my phone rings and I looked down and I, wow, did I put a kitchen knife right through my uh, right through my middle finger. Okay. Well, first of all, tie a tourniquet around that, or you know, <laughs> it's not. I, I, well, I've done the I've done the first thing in combat medicine, which I've I've stopped the bleeding. There you uh, go. Well, at least I think I have. I've got it wrapped up in a whole bunch of gauze here. So, well, but, uh, I mean, I'll are you okay? Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, are you? Is, and I'm, I'm being serious. Are you alright to continue? Or yeah, no, no, to, I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't want you bleeding out on air. I mean, it, no, no, no. I, I mean, if I if I start to get a little woozy, I'll let you know. No, no, I've got uh, I've, I've just got it wrapped up right now, and I just got pressure on it, so it's not bad. It just it just hurts like a yeah uh, yeah. I mean, it hurts yeah. like watching Democrats win. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, see what I did there? Yeah, like I, I I saw what you did there. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So so we started out the program, uh, or started out this this part of the program talking about the event. And, and my apologies, okay, if you could like. If you could have been with me the last 48 hours, okay, you'd want to, first of all, you'd want to shoot me, okay, because <laughs> it's been really ridiculous the last 48 hours, but i, I got to tell you, uh, we, folks, we've been kind of playing phone tag, but uh, anyway, so, so we started out by talking about the event that's planned, so if you want to just, uh, if we can hand it off to you, and if you want to talk sure. about this. Sure, yeah, absolutely. First of all, I want to say it was, uh, it was great to hear uh, Marty Hayes on your program, Um Marty's, uh, Marty and I go, go back, uh, a number of years. I've actually, I've actually done more, interacted more with his wife, Gila, than I have with Marty specifically, but, uh, what a great operation that they run over there. The, uh, Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network. Great, great group of people over there. Very helpful. Lots of information. They have a lot of, a, a lot of, I mean, there's just, it's a clearinghouse for really good information, so. Glad you, to see you, know, that you and Marty were able to connect. I, yeah, I, I, and I thought of you, and it was, it was really because of you that, that I brought him on in terms of, uh, I remember our time together vividly. Uh, your your teaching, Joe and I, which I got to tell you, you should have gotten hazard pay. All right, never have. You guys did well. No, no, no. You guys did well. Just muzzled you all the time. But but you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's things you don't think about. But you know what happens afterwards. So thank you. But anyway, and I have the registration page, Keith, up on the front of Hagman Report. Uh, oh, for this okay. event, so. so this is this is basically what we're doing. You know, Doug, you and I talk quite a bit off air, and I talk with John Robertson, your producer, off air quite a bit. Um, we're talking about it, and I, you know, I, I, every time I come on, I have a lot of people that that get in touch with me uh, through social media and say, "Hey, listen, I really want to do one of your classes. Are you going to be in my area?" And so I was talking with you, Doug, about this. I was saying, you know, I got to get up to Ohio and do some stuff. And I said, oh, you know, when we when we get there, you know, you and I got to grab dinner, and we'll, you know, we'll we'll, we'll get uh, get some people together and do dinner. I said, you know what? Why not turn this into? Let's do a town hall forum. 
let's get a bunch of people together, and uh, you and, and Joe and, and myself and Coach Dave and a couple of other people, let's get them together and let's do an evening with event. You know, we'll get a uh, we'll we'll find a hotel, get a uh, get a nice dinner planned out, and have uh, a group of people that come out, and it's it's dinner and a candid conversation. We do a town hall style forum panel discussion, and then uh, the next day, um, I have um, I can do 24 people uh, in my what, what's called the uh, ACK race or the Armed Citizens Response to the Active Shooter Event Program. That's the um, that's the for the armed citizen. Uh, if you ever find yourself in a active shooter situation, what do you do? How do you handle the situation? What's the understanding of what you can and can't do legally? And then most important is how do you triage gunshot wounds? How do you use tourniquets? How do you use uh, hemostatic agents and gauze and all of that stuff? And so um, this has become a very, very popular program. And every time I talk about it or we talk about firearms training on air, I get a lot of people that ask. So you know what? I said, let's, uh, you and I talked about it, and we, we, we decided let's, let's make a weekend out of this thing. All right. So uh, yeah. we're still in the process of trying to put everything together in terms of locations. Now, the range where we're going to do the class is in Garrettsville. And so I have 24 people, like I have 24 slots open for that. Um, so <clears throat> there's, a, there's a registration page that is set up. If people are interested, there's no obligation, but if you're interested in getting more information within the next couple of days about exactly where the, where the hotel is going to be, where we're going to do the dinner and the, 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 the panel discussion, and more information about the armed citizen response to the active shooter class, if you go to, and on this, it's, it's on your, your homepage, uh, but there's no www in the address, it's just hagman, H-A-G-M-A-N-N, dot eventbrite, B-R-I-T-E dot com. And so you go there, there's a little bit more information, just recaps what I talked about here. Um, you can, you can plug in your email address. You know, I'm not, we don't sell the email addresses or anything else like that. It's just strictly so that way there we can communicate with you about the event. And I'd love to, uh, I'd love to meet a bunch of people who, uh, who tune into the, the, the program on a regular basis and appreciate what, what you and Joe and myself and Coach Dave and everybody else that you have on the program, what we bring to your listeners. We want to bring that live and in person. All right. Now, can people, just to be clear, there's two days, the Saturday, the 16th, and Sunday, the 17th. By the way, the Sunday, the 17th is Father's Day. And, right. There's a lot of dads out there would love to get this for a gift or have this for a gift or spend the mm -hmm. day. Uh, so I can't think of a better way to spend Father's Day than than uh, than that. But so just to be clear, Saturday is the town hall reception. Coach Dave, Keith Hanson, mm -hmm. Doug, and Joe Hagman, and then Sunday Correct. is the, the firearms training. Can you have? Right. Uh, do you need to go to both, or can you have either or? Or no, what we um and and when you do the registration. You can click specifically on what it is that you're interested in. You could do the dinner only, uh, the dinner in the forum only. You can opt to do, and again, there's no obligation. You're just this is this is what I'm interested in at this point. I want more information on it. Um, the way that we're looking at it is from 5:30 to 6:30, there would be a VIP cocktail reception. That would be a meet and greet, and it would be a smaller group of people. The dinner would start at seven o'clock. Uh, that would wherever we ultimately decide where we're going to do this. 7.45 is when we would start the panel discussion. We would run that for about two hours. So you can do the dinner only, dinner and forum only. That's You could do the, 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 the VIP cocktail reception and the dinner only. Um, or you can do, the, uh, you can do the, the, the shooting class only. Or you can do all three. You can do the VIP cocktail reception, the dinner and the forum, and the shooting program the next day. Awesome. And it sounds like it's going to be a lot of, a lot of fun, Keith. I know... Uh, just from, as my dad said earlier, our own experiences, 
doing the firearms training with you, you know, in the time that we spent together, you learn so much. I mean, it's it's very hands-on. You learn not only the mechanics. Eh, I'm not sure how much different this active shooter training is than what we did. I think we just did the standard. Pretty. This is pretty. This is significantly different. It, it goes into a completely different different curriculum. Um, is there any physical but, uh, restrictions, or, or I mean, is it is it a high uh, high paced, high highly active type class? It's a it's it's a high speed, low drag, but it's not. You you don't have to be an expert handler on a firearm. This is designed for the average person who carries a concealed weapon, who wants to know they who, who wants to equip themselves with the knowledge and the understanding to, if they ever find themselves in that situation, have the options of what to do and what not to do. That's most important. I believe in arming people with information, education, and most importantly, options. When you have options, there's a lot more opportunity for you. Because you know what it. to do. There's, I mean, you, yeah. can, you can go through your analytical process. How often do we talk about people who lack that analytical framework? Well, I mean, I think most of your listeners have that analytical framework. And when you have the options, now you can look at a situation and you can do that cost-benefit-consequence analysis and say, this is what's best. And maybe, you know, um, drawing your firearm and, and, and using deadly force to stop an aggressive deadly attack on, on, on your friends and family and loved ones, that's what you need to do. Maybe you choose that's not what's best for you based on the gravity of the situation. But having that information... And then if you ever find somebody in, in your party, if you, you know, you're driving down the road and you come across a, a major car accident, you've got somebody who's bleeding out, time is of the essence. How can you save that person's life using cutting-edge, state-of-the-art, tactical combat medicine techniques? Or if you happen to be sitting in Keith Hansen's kitchen right now, you could perhaps uh, use those skills to stop the bleeding I of could, Keith Hansen. Uh, I, I could find a hemostatic agent and apply it to my finger. and uh, So... Ah, exactly. The good thing is, I didn't get I didn't get blood on my garlic, so it's still usable. Oh well, you know what? I just a little just wash it off, and it'll be fine. That's what I tell my yeah, wife. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So again, folks, this is and please, um, no commitment. Just uh, there's a place for an email, just uh, for more information, right? Because we yep, have to just we have, name name email and a, and a and a phone number if you want to be contacted directly. And then right. as soon as we finalize where the location for the dinner and the forum is going to be, um, we'll certainly let you know. And then you have the option of buying tickets or not buying tickets or, you know, whatever you want to do. All so right. no pressure, um, but just uh, giving people the opportunity. And um, like I said, I, uh, I like nothing more, especially within, within my own media sphere, getting out and meeting people. I love meeting people and talking with people. Um, you know, I think it's, so, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great opportunity. And, and what more can you ask for? Coach Dave, Keith Hansen, Joe and I. I mean, hey, I'll tell you what. what, what a, the other thing is, what is this with the Hagman 4? I, I, you know, I'm not so sure Dave and uh, yourself want to be under that umbrella, but but thanks for the, the wording there. Oh, well, you're, but, I was kind of thinking it, something along the lines of, you know, the barbershop quartet. Maybe, who knows, maybe <laughs> we could do some karaoke, too. So that would be, uh, that would be fun. But, but, so. But, but, but you know, for Saturday night, I just want to finish it by saying this. Uh, you know, we'll be accessible and, uh, it'll be a really a great time. And if you've ever wanted to spend some time, some quality time with Keith Hansen, Coach Dave Dobmeyer, uh, or, or even Joe and I for whatever reason that might be, uh, definitely turn out for this or, or we're not, definitely send, uh, an inquiry. Yeah. And, and there it is right there on HagmanReport.com. Mm-hmm. The link right there. So that this is all good, Keith. I I love it. And, and you know what? Whether we do this, okay. So it, it, it's going to be up to you. 
we we may not do this if we don't get any response. If you if you don't like, yep. you know, yeah, but, but I mean, I'll still I, even I, if we don't even if we're not doing the dinner. Um, you know, if I have the people to do the class, um, you know, on, you on Sunday the seventeenth, certainly certainly be happy to do that. And you know, one of the things too, and I, I was talking with Joe about this earlier um, off air, and um, we were talking about the, the the need for fellowship, especially right now, because one of the things, and, and John and I actually were talking. It's funny when I was talking with Joe, John buzzes in. And so between the two of them, I, I had a chance to talk to both about what is happening right now in our country, in our society, in our world. And i got to tell you something. This is really – I've never felt like this before. I really haven't. This is unprecedented. I'm seeing even people on the right side of the aisle really starting to behave in this every man, every woman for his or herself mentality. And, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know what this means. I haven't really had a chance to sit down and, and to, to, to chew it over and run it through my own analytical framework, but I just don't like the feeling. I feel like we need like-minded people closer and more accessible than ever before because I, I, I really think that just the, the pace of the lack of civility is ramping up, and I think you need look no further than what happened this week between the Roseanne Barr situation and now oh, yeah. the Samantha B, which I, I certainly tackled on on my show this morning, and the the disparity and the double standard that exists between the way that leftists handle people who attack leftists and the way that leftists handle their own when one of their own attacks somebody who the leftists disapprove of. Um, I mean, and, and, you know, listening to that, I'm, I'm sure you heard the Samantha B audio clip. Yep. Um, Sadly, yes. To listen to the way that the audience members reacted and cheered when she made that unbelievably tasteless and abhorrently derogatory comment towards Donald Trump's daughter. And then, as if that's not enough to now suggest some type of incestuous sexual attraction. We'll go put on something low cut and go ask your daddy. You know, this, this shows the depths of depravity and the complete and utter moral bankruptcy of these people. But yet, they're cheered on, and nothing will come of, of Samantha B. Now, of course, she issues today her obligatory apology. Well, you know, I kind of realized that that was wrong, and I'm deeply sorry. No, you're not deeply sorry. You're going through the motions of making the obligatory apology, so that way there you can say, well, hey, you know what? Now, here's, here's where I'm going to contradict myself. I've often said, and I maintain this, I believe in freedom of speech, period. There's no button that. I believe in freedom of speech. You have the right to say what it is that you want to say. But you know what, damn it? I want a friggin' eye for an eye because I'm sick and tired of capitulating. I'm sick and tired of watching people who are good, honest, moral, ethical, responsible, hardworking people make one mistake on social media and get everything stripped away from them. Yet morally bankrupt, baseless leftists operate with impunity. Damn it, I want my pound of flesh, Doug. I'm tired of this. I want an eye for an eye. I'm sick and tired of turning the other cheek. It's no longer time to turn the other cheek. Now it's time to hit and hit back twice as hard. You must have been at the same dinner table I was at uh, tonight because I was saying the same thing. Uh, and it's, this is not a freedom of speech issue, really. The, is it? I mean, it's not. 
Well, I mean, it, it shouldn't be. You have the right to say what it is that you want to say. On your radio right. show, on my radio show, on my television show, we're constrained by the FCC. There's certain things we cannot say. Right. Aside from that, and again, I, I, if you want to use your First Amendment right to make yourself look like a total ass, I support that. If you want to go too. off on, yeah. a, on, a, on, a, on a tear, you know, with, 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 with racial rhetoric, and, and listen, I, I'm not going to agree with that, but it's your right to say it. But here's the thing. Whether you're a Democrat, a Republican, a leftist, a progressive, I don't care what label you attach to yourself. We have this concept in this country called equal justice under law. Now, that's not an advocation for equality in the social justice progressive sense of the term. Equality is evil. There's no question about that. But when it comes to the administration of justice, when it comes to the administration of penalties or sanctions or consequences, no, there should be equality. If you're a Democrat and you say something, well, then, listen, this is what's going to happen. This is what should be expected of you. And if you're a Republican, a, a conservative, whatever it is, again, whatever label you want to self-attach, what's good for the left should be good for the right. All right. If they're not going to self-impose that, then you know what? It's about time we start. Okay, let me see if I, if I can articulate something, a concept here, and, and maybe you can explain it. I'm going to try my best to, to, to not muck this up, okay? Shoot. You know, I, was, I was talking to my wife. I said uh, something to the effect of our show or Samantha mm -hmm. B. It doesn't matter. Your show, Samantha B's show, our show. People aren't forced to listen. And what, what I'm seeing take place today is instead of not listening to your show, our show, Samantha B, whatever, the people out there want to shut us down not shut us mm -hmm. off right okay that's a problem I remember I think it was the first or the second show that I ever did with you and we talked about this if a democrat all right, I don't want to say democratic I, I gotta stop I really really am striving not to use that term anymore because the democrats of today they're leftists they're statists they're progressives they're not democrats they're Marxists JFK they're Marxists. was a democrat they're, yeah, exactly exactly the leftists of today if there's something that leftists like then it should be mandated and taxpayer funded if there's something that that that, that, that progressive status whatever don't like then they want to ban it so nobody can have it, nobody can enjoy it. That's it. If I approve of it, oh, listen, we think abortion is great. I don't, but I mean, that's, that's their message. So they want to, they want to make sure that it's, it's, it's constitutionally mandated, it's protected in the Constitution, and it's federally funded. It's taxpayer subsidized. But if it's something that they don't like, for instance, conservative programming, well, I don't like that, therefore nobody should have access to it. Nobody should be exposed to it. We have to undertake the process of protecting other people from that which we deem offensive or immoral, which, again, I am never going to get lectured by a progressive on what is and is not moral. Don't lecture me about your morality because you don't have any. That's right. And, and you just said it best, Keith. These are the same people who are have no morality are, are the ones that are are being the morality police in our society and they're only absolutely, holding absolutely. their opponents well, and, to those standards and and they and they will seek out those who have personal experience with this we talked about this with the uh with, with the uh high school principal two weeks ago 
They will seek out individuals who have even even a, a, even a secondary or tertiary degree of separation from the topic that they're discussing, and then they'll parade that person around as a 100% vessel of absolute moral authority, and God help you if you question that person, because now you're victim-blaming. Yeah. Now you're attacking the victim. Now you're attacking somebody who, who went through this. Same thing like with this, this David Hogg punk. Man, I can't wait for this. I can't wait for this kid to get hit by a dump truck. I really can't. It can't happen soon enough. Did you see about the sheriff's deputy now? Who dared, oh, yeah. To, yeah. dared to make a comment about him on social media? And so now what happens? Well, now yeah, this deputy of 23 years is potentially losing his job, potentially. And Keith, what did he say? Backlash. He made a joke about the uh, public's uh, die-in protest. Oh, Wasn't it about yeah, some so. uh, some lady? Uh, you know, I hope an old lady, uh, you know, steers her car in the wrong direction or something like that. I, I, yeah, I hope. Uh, yeah, something to the effect of it. I hope an old lady but, doesn't but, wind but, up steering. But wait a her second. Car. Wait, wait a second. So, so you, uh, just to be clear, you got a sheriff's deputy here, yeah, in Florida, uh, uh, right? Uh, posting something on Twitter, right, yeah, or Facebook yeah, or uh, social? It was, it was on. It was on Facebook. Okay, Facebook. And, and he, for his post on Facebook, outside of work time, he gets fired, suspended, suspended, what? suspended for five days. Without suspended, five days. and, and there, there's there's disciplinary action that's pending now. Whatever uh, that disciplinary action happens to be, I, I, okay. I don't know. He could lose his job. Maybe they'll. I mean, it, it it really it's up to the discretion of the sheriff. So what is that? That 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 is full blown Marxism, is it not? Well, you know, I mean it. it Here's the issue. When you're talking about a sheriff's deputy, that's a person who is operating in an official capacity who is now, it's, and, and if, if this guy screws up, you know, it's, it, it, he's going to invoke the name of the sheriff. You know what I mean? So if I were, if you were the sheriff and I were one of your deputies, I wouldn't be Deputy Keith Hansen. I would be Sheriff Doug Hagman's Deputy Keith Hansen. Your name gets invoked in there because you're, in, you're an elected official. So, you know, not, and again, there's, there's, there's certain codes of conduct, especially in law enforcement, that you're expected to adhere to. But, I mean, to, to, to have a person lose their job over something that it, it wasn't a threat, it wasn't a criminal action, okay, it's, it was a brain fart, if, if, if you want to chalk it up to that. It was a brain fart. But see, here's the thing. How many of us right now are so frustrated, are so exasperated with the state of affairs that we're one keystroke away from now being subject to one of these doxing campaigns. This is the term that they give now when when these progressives start piling up and demanding that a person be fired and they lose their job. And I mean, it, you know, there's there's people who are literally financially destroyed because of these doxing campaigns because of one air fingers quote indiscretion on social media. Again, and see, and this is right. this is political correctness taken to the nth degree, and we've talked about this. Political correctness undermines the integrity of the First Amendment because you have the right, right to say certain things, and, and 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 other people may. And and I and I'm quite vocal about this. Are you offended by something I say? I don't give a rat's ass because I don't <laughs> care about your feelings. Go cry yourself to sleep and then figure out why you got heartburn because of whatever it was that I said. Okay? There you go. I have That's the right. right to express myself and you have the right to be offended. But political correctness now says, oh, you can't do that. Political correctness yep. now says, well, you may have the First Amendment, but now we're going to create an environment where you're not so much worried about your First Amendment rights. You're worried about preserving your livelihood. How there it is. There it is. And that 
is where we're at today, and that is a huge problem. And, and Keith, thank you so much for articulating that in a, in a way that I could not do. Uh, we're at the end of the segment together. I, I know, it, it, wow, it, these these go very fast, which which tells me you need to be uh, going to our website and clicking on the link and getting information about uh, Garrettsville, Ohio, spending some time with Keith Hansen, Dave Dobmeyer, and Joe and I. Please do that tonight. If you're anywhere near Cleveland, Warren, Ohio, please do that. Uh, Keith, I just take care of your finger, will you, man? So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. Uh, I'll go run it under a tap. It'll be fun. <laughs> All right, brother. All right. Guys, thank you so much. God hey. bless, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right, brother. Thanks. Be well. All right, folks. Uh, Keith Hansen, uh, you really want to go to this. Uh, you're really going to want to spend some time with us. It's up on uh, Hagman Report. Yeah. Uh, again, Garrett, uh, I just want to be clear here. It's between midway between Cleveland and Warren, Ohio, Garrettsville, Ohio. You got uh, Saturday night. You got a, a dinner, VIP reception. Sunday, of course, you've got the uh, firearms training course. Which, by the way, I cannot I cannot recommend it. Keith is a, a astounding to see him in action. It's it's worth it's worth every cent. Uh, so if you want information, it's on HagmanReport.com. Thank you, Joe. It's on Hagman Report. So if you're come on, join us. You, you can either go to the Saturday night. Reception with with the four of us, or the firearms course, or both. Yep. So, all right. We'll have more information on that and promote it. uh, Yeah. Each day this week, so go there to Hagman Report for the info. We'll be right back after this. Just talking with uh, Keith Hansen about this whole situation with that that kid David Hogg in the Publix grocery store. And if you remember last week, the die-in at the Publix store organized by David Hogg, where he wanted the uh, grocery chain to donate one million dollars to the Parkland Shooters uh, Memorial Fund. Well, Publix today finally mans up, says David Hogg's one million dollar extortion attempt won't work. Didn't I use that word? Mm-hmm. Didn't I? I you said did. extortion. Yep. And, and you know what? Uh, okay. So what no, they I'm not going to say this anymore. Go ahead. Yeah, Publix was on the receiving end of Hogg's latest stab at fascist activism thanks to the company's previous financial support for Adam Putnam, a Florida's agricultural commissioner and candidate for the GOP nomination for governor, who is proud to su- of the support he gets from the National Rifle Association. In a Twitter post published a week before Friday's demonstrations, Hogg demanded a $1 million payment from the supermarket chain to make up for its support of Putnam and tried to extort a humiliating promise from Publix to make its politics conform to a teenage liberal's demands. In my view, written at the Western Journal. in my view, David Hogg is a fascist. That is my personal opinion. David Hogg is a fascist in my personal oh, yeah. opinion. And you know what? It's not David Hogg. Okay, in my view, he does not have the intellectual capacity to do what he's doing. If you don't think that this is a this was gamed out beforehand, man, I'll tell you something. You, look at this kid. Understand that there are people a lot older from that generation of Marxists that uh, we saw back in the 60s. The protesters of the 60s are the planners of today the 60s and 70s and they're the very people 
behind David Hogg, Emma Gonzalez. We are looking at, again, in my view, David Hogg as being the fascist, as being the Marxist, as being the one to say, it's my way or it's no way, I know, right? and we're going to punish you. What's, okay, so in my personal opinion, he needs a spanking. Okay, that both Hogg and Gonzalez, they do. And, and you know what? Their parents do as well, in my view. Unbelievable. And, and I'll tell you something, okay? We are not going to be subjected to this kind of um, fascist behavior. Pound sand. You know what? No one is going to tell us what to do, what we can say, what we can't say. Obviously, you know, we use our discretion. We're adults. We, 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 we get it. We're not Samantha B. All right. So um, there it is. All right. I'm not going to keep our guests waiting. Joe. Yeah, we have with us a uh, friend of the show, somebody who we just uh, got to see not too long ago in uh, Canton, Pastor Mike Spaulding. Pastor Mike, it's great to have you back on the show. Hi, Joe. Doug, it's great to be back with you again. Thanks for the invite. Yes, thanks for coming on, man. I, uh, I was just going through some photographs, and I, I saw the photograph of, uh, of us together in Canton. It's brought back some good memories. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a great time. Lots of uh, powerful messages from from all of the speakers. Very encouraging, very equipping, but but also it was um, kind of sober. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of warnings. I guess I could put it that way. Warnings about what we need to be paying attention to. Uh, stop lollygagging around and, and tap dancing through uh, through life and get serious about a few things because uh, there's some conflict coming, Doug. It's here, brother. Yeah. It, it's it's here. I, I'm just waiting for that that uh, Lexington moment. Uh, I, I don't know what, what's going to start it, when it's going to happen, but I think it's here. Yeah, look at the division. I, I think I think we're we're at that end of cycle division uh, where what was planted back 50, 70 years ago is now coming to fruition. I don't know. That's just my view. Yeah. No, I I, I would agree with that, and we see. Some of that, and I'm uh, I'm writing an article right now about it. We see some of that rotten fruit in the the uh, the neo I call them neo evangelicals. Uh, they're really uh, cultural Marxists that have uh, risen into leadership positions within the so-called evangelical uh, church. And, and anymore, I'm I'm not sure that that evangelical even has a has a definition uh, that that we could ascribe to as as Christians because some of the things that these people are are, are teaching. Um, I ran across an article the other day, Doug and Joe, where, where they had a secret meeting. Some of these folks, and, and I'm talking about the Tim Kellers and the David Platts of the world, had a secret meeting at uh, at Wheaton College Wait in a second. Illinois. Uh, uh, Mike, I, I don't know who those people are. And I, I'm not sure our, many of our listeners do, or maybe they do. Uh, okay. Who, who Tim, are they? T- Tim Keller is, uh, I believe, a Presbyterian pastor. He, he founded uh, a church in New York City in Manhattan. Very popular author. has written a number of, of books. Uh, sought-after speaker David Platt is with the Southern Baptist Convention. He was a he was a church pastor, and now he's part of the I believe it's the Religious Ethics Committee, some, some kind of department within the Southern Baptist Convention. And so they they're very popular 
pastors and speakers within their movement, certainly, and uh, and across the broader Christian community. Uh, so, so what they have to say and, and the positions that they take carry a lot of weight. So, so they met invitation only, Doug and Joe. This was an invitation only meeting at a Christian college. Wheaton College claims to be a Christian college, and the the topic that this is what frustrates me and and uh, and many others. Uh, the topic was how can we steer conservative Christianity? How can we steer uh, evangelical Christians away? From supporting President Trump, and wow. yeah, yeah. So what they've said, what they've talked about, some of the th- they're, they're they're big on social justice. They're big on all of the all of the planks that would fit perfectly within a a, a cultural Marxist worldview is what they push. Uh, they're they're pro gay homosexual, um, pro same sex marriage. Uh, all of the things that that historic and orthodox Christianity would would stand against, uh, they are for. And um, so we live in some very very interesting. We could say troubling, but but I, but I've said this to other people, Doug and Joe. Interesting times are exciting. Times. That that he in his wisdom determined that we we would be alive during these times, and here's the reason. Because we'll do something about what's happening. There needs to come a, a, a pushback. And, and, and when I say pushback, I'm not necessarily uh, restricting that to just words. There's going to come a time when we may have, Doug, as you so, so, so eloquently put, a Lexington moment. We don't know when that's going to be. But I'm, I'm suggesting that, that it's not too far in the future, and uh, so folks, you better get ready, and you better determine in your own heart, in your own mind, that you're going to be a part of God's army that's going to advance and push back this darkness, or you're going to be uh, one of many sheep that are being led to the slaughter, because that's the decision that we're going to face in America one day very, very soon. Uh, You're absolutely right, and so the, (laughs) did you know the do you ever get the information of what they came away with as far as ideas on how to to steer away Christians from supporting President Trump? No, I have okay. I have not information yet, Joe. But when I get my hands on it, I'll certainly pass it on and incorporate it in in what I'm writing um, because this is information that that Christians need to know. Uh, how arrogant is it for folks to to ascribe? themselves that they are the so-called thought leaders of Christianity and that there is something uh, desperately wrong with Christians that would support President Trump and so we need to develop a strategy to move these people away and show them how that it is unbiblical how, how arrogant is that to think that you have the market on truth cornered and you're going to tell 60-some million Americans that they were wrong, I I take a great offense to that. Yeah, and who are these people to be, uh, you know, conspiring uh, against the people who voted for President Trump? Isn't that sedition by by its very definition? Yeah, I think it is, Doug, and and, and, and the fact that they did it in secret, isn't that a commentary on on their own thought process? It's like, 
let this out. We, we, we can't let anybody know we're doing this. And guess what? It got out. It, it was leaked immediately, and there was a, a huge firestorm. It wasn't that long ago, maybe maybe three, four weeks ago when this happened. So, uh, yeah, it's, but it says a lot. Help me out, though. Um, I guess, what are they, uh, maybe you can't answer this, but what's the basis of their objection to President Donald J. Trump? And I use that um, title and his name deliberately because he look I'm tired of the, I'm tired of people who don't show him the respect um, deserved but what was the basis why I I I have a misinformed theology they have a misinformed eschatology and and, and what I mean by that is this we live in a fallen world. Sin has completely warped our experience. It touches every human life. The Bible says that it touches creation. In fact, the Bible says that the creation groans waiting for the day of redemption because not only will we be redeemed, all those who place their faith in Christ, but also this creation will be redeemed and renewed. But what they've fallen prey to is a, a liberation kind of theology, a socialistic worldview that if we'll just make things better for everyone, then we'll finally have peace and safety on the earth. Now, the scripture says that when those clamor for peace and safety, the, the scripture says sudden destruction will come upon them. So we're, we're seeing a day when, when the thought, the so-called self-described thought leaders of the evangelical church are taking it upon themselves to side with social justice warriors, Black Lives Matter, every identity, gender, political movement that comes down the pike. They show no resistance and they just welcome it with open arms. Same-sex marriage. The list goes on on transgenderism. We could talk about all of these things, Doug and Joe. They welcome these things because they think if they do that, then they'll have created some kind of peace and safety and the gospel will be advanced. And what they don't understand is they're compromising the very things that they're accepting. So these people have, have lost uh, any understanding of orthodox theology. And it's about time that, that those of us who, who understand what's happening, who have eyes to see, ears to hear, stand up and tell them that in no uncertain terms and, and dismiss them from the platform, they're not speaking for me, they're not speaking for, for marchers, they're not speaking for the remnant body of believers, they are they are brushing right up against apostasy, Doug and Joe, in my view. Yeah, they, they absolutely are, and you know, it's really unfortunate, Pastor Mike, is that we see this, uh, we were just talking about this in the last half hour with Keith Hansen, we see this, uh, the, the morality police, or, or the people who are trying to police morality, have None. They don't even believe in God. Most of them, and and they're right. the ones who are, are are dictating what's okay and and who's okay to to say these things. But when you take it, when you go into a church and you see, uh, it seems that the Christian church is divided, just like the Republican Party, uh, among two factions. You have those who are sticking to the the foundations of, and the teachings of the Bible and the Word of God, and then you have those who have their own interpretation or how they'd like it to be. And it's it's amazing to me. That those who who make up their own interpretation, you know, can't help themselves but to try to inflict that uh, twisted 
interpretation of scripture on everybody else to believe. And then you have, you know, the, the, the other Christians who are believing, the Bible believing Christians who seem to be victimized constantly. And it's now trendy. It's now okay to see Hollywood, the media, uh, the political establishment, all of these, uh, industries of power. It's okay to hate Christians and to hate Christianity. It, it has now become something, uh, almost like a fashion statement. And yeah. it's setting up an environment where we can see in, in what the end times, what it talks about in the scripture about these end times, about Christians being yeah. persecuted just for believing in Jesus and not wavering from that belief. This atmosphere is setting up the conditions to where we're not too far away from seeing uh, these people being able to inflict that damage on the church that is talked about in the end times. Yes, that, that, you're absolutely right, Joe. Uh, I'm teaching through the Gospel of Mark on on. Uh, Sunday mornings at the fellowship that I that I pastor, and we've just passed, uh, we've just finished uh, chapter eight in in Mark's gospel and the first the first uh, scene event of, of chapter nine, and that's exactly what Jesus told the disciples. In fact, it starts off with him asking them, "Who do the people say that I am?" So he 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 did a pop quiz on them and and wanted to gauge the, the depth of their understanding because at this point. They had been with Christ for two years. Uh, in fact, it's just a little more than two years at that point. So it, they were a year away from the crucifixion. And so they had, they had traveled with Christ. They had seen the many miracles that he had performed and, uh, and, and had heard his teachings, one-on-one discipleship. And so he asked them, pop quiz, who do the people say I am? And so they said, well, you know, the prophets, Elijah and, and Jeremiah, and, and of course... King Herod thought he was John the Baptist resurrected, but then he then he zeroed in and he said, "But who do you say that I am?" And and, and that's when Peter made his great profession of faith. Well, you're the Christ. You, you are the Christ, the Christos, the Anointed One. You are the Messiah. And and from there, then Jesus said that you're absolutely right. And he began to teach them that the cross was coming, that the crucifixion was. In, in in the very near future, that's when Peter jumped in there and said, "Oh no, that's not going to happen, Lord." And, and 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 Christ rebuked him for that. He said, "If if you try to stop God's plan, you're on Satan's team." Essentially, is 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 what he said. And then he went into this this short discourse about, "Listen, the Son of Man is going to suffer, and if you follow me, that's your plight too. You're going to suffer as well." And so. That says a lot about where we're at as a, as, a, as a church today, that we have so many people thinking, well, no, we, we should have uh, 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 the best of everything, and we should never have trouble or conflict or, or any of these things happen because, you know, after all, we're the king's kids. Well, the, the problem with that is that's not biblical. So to your point, uh, Joe... We are in those days when persecution... It's already happening in, in other parts of the world. We yeah. have brothers and sisters being murdered today for no other reason than that they profess faith in Jesus. And, and, and their, their heads cut off, uh, they're being stabbed or bludgeoned to death. Over the world, this is happening right now. So, Americans... We're in this cocoon, it seems like, where we're isolated, insulated from these things. And there are not many church that, churches that talk about these things, Doug and Joe. Now, 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 we do every week. We pray for a specific church 
in a persecuted nation, and, and I tried to get a little bit of what's going on in that nation and why people are being persecuted. Uh, I was talking with um, Bill Salas uh, Tuesday, uh, and, uh, and he was talking about the underground church in, in Iran. And he said, you know, the, the church there is exploding. They've got a satellite station that the, that the mullahs cannot stop people from receiving. And they're able to, to preach the gospel in, in Farsi. And, and the, the Iranians are receiving Christ in, in astounding numbers. And, and as we talked about that, I said, yeah, but here's the thing. Every place where the church is exploding in growth, it is doing so because it is under the sword of persecution. Here in America, we live in this Disney World environment where where we go to church and if the if the service runs over five minutes, we're all in a tizzy and, and, and upset with the pastor or, or whatever. It's, it's, it's reality. So, yes, persecution is here. It's coming to America's shores. And again, my point to folks is we better get ready for it. You better resolve in your own mind what you're going to do when that time comes. Because, and Doug, you said it, we may very well live to... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, just the last word cut out on me. I didn't, I didn't hear what he finished <laughs> with, but no, it's, you know, I want to ask you this, uh, Pastor Mike. We were talking about the Roseanne, uh, incidents and the Samantha B. How much of this, uh, and, and this is one thing that I don't think many people see through, but the hatred that these people have for things that are good, <laughs> like, uh, you know, even what the president, who the president represents in the American people, but more so the Christian, uh, community. How much of this hatred that we see, uh, you know, toward the president, do you think is actually because of the Christian support that he has, because of his own faith? Yeah. Well, I think, uh, in large measure, um, but probably, in, in, in my view, it's because Trump doesn't play the games that they want him to play. Now, I'm not suggesting that, that he's... Uh, uh, not having to dance with, with, with partners that he doesn't really want to dance with in order to get some things done. That's politics, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's just the reality of it. But he's not playing by their rules, and, and that infuriates them. Mm -hmm. it, it infuriates them to the degree that they're willing to pull out all, all the stops. Now, the hatred that you're talking about, Joe, the level, I've never seen this before. And Doug, I don't think you have either. This level of hatred, I mean, vitriol, just it's, it's unprecedented in our nation. And for no other reason than Trump is pushing back against their, their, their pet, uh, constituencies. He pushes back and says, we need to do something about immigration. We need to do something about illegal. I mean, just calling something what it is. Uh, I think it was uh, MS-13 when he, when he called them uh, animals. I mean, you would have think people, uh, they just lost their mind over something like that. <laughs> At a great when insult you read it, animals, do your research. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 But, but it's ridiculous. The, 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 the reaction to him is just, uh, well, it's, it's, let me just say that. It's divine. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, and that's it. You know, John was talking about, uh, Cincinnati Reds, 
Uh, What's going on with that? If you're a sports fan out there, you might be interested to hear this. You want to mention this, or is this the wrong time? Yes, yeah, I do. No, no, this is this is a good time. Yeah, I was I was just going through my news feed uh, earlier today and trying to to catch up on a couple of articles. You don't have time to read everything, but this one caught my attention. It said that on June the eighth. It's uh, Friday coming up here in, in another week from tomorrow, I guess. June the 8th, uh, the Cincinnati Reds are going to have their, their first Pride Night. Now, they've recognized groups and things, things before, but, but they're going to have a Pride Night there. And, that, and, and they're not alone. They're one of 23 Major League teams. There's only, I think, three or four. I'm not even sure how many Major League teams there are these days. But anyway, there's only three or four that don't do it. And so the Reds have, have joined the bandwagon. They're going to have a a gay pride night. They're giving away rainbow uh, hats. Uh, you know, the rainbow across the, the the front of the hat with the Cincinnati C. They're giving away T-shirts uh, with the rainbow on it. Uh, so, so they're having this special recognition. And I thought, well, you know, another one bites the dust. And I'm, I'm not surprised. But what an, what what really ticked me off and got my blood pressure up immediately, Doug and Joe, I mean in a New York second, was as I read the article, the Reds are also having a special Marvel Comics night at the ballpark as the same the same night as the Pride night, and what they're giving away is, they're giving away, and I'm looking at the ad right on the Reds, the Cincinnati Reds page, they're giving away a, a superhero uh, bobblehead, and it looks like it is uh, Captain Avenger, Captain America. It's Captain America bobblehead the same night. Now, they're doing that to lure the children in. And, and here's what infuriated me. There's no way that this was an accident. When I have never seen uh, a, a, a game night have two different promotions, no, and even either. if they did, even if they did though, why would you have a, a, a gay pride night when you also are trying to attract children with this Captain America bobble? First thought, Doug and Joe, was that this is a blatant in-your-face effort. Once again, to normalize deviant behavior in front of children, make them see and think that this is normal. There's nothing wrong with homosexual uh, behavior. There's nothing wrong with with lesbianism, and, and, and they're going to have the kiss cam out. Uh, I, I read, so they'll be searching uh. for men kissing men and women kissing women, and, and and all of these things. And by the way, before I forget about it. I emailed the Reds front office immediately and told them I was extremely disappointed in them doing this. And uh, I want to give your listeners the, the website and the phone number for the Reds, if that's okay. Rock yeah. on. Let's do it right now. All right. So if you want to contact the Reds, go to www.mlb.com. That's Major League Baseball. mlb.com forward slash Reds. If you want to call the front office, it's 513-765-7000. And just tell, tell them that you don't appreciate them doing this 
They can have their pride night all they want, but keep our children out of that ballpark while you're having your gay pride night. This is ridiculous, and we should voice that to these people. It is ridiculous. It's done for no other purpose other than to infect the minds in an attempt to indoctrinate the children that this behavior is acceptable. There's no other reason that this would be done on the same day. And last year, I remember uh, some of the sports teams, the baseball teams, having uh, removed prayer day from their stadiums only to incorporate a queer day in, in its place. And this is what we're yes. seeing. And this is how, you know, with the, with the NFL protest and the, the whole issue of, of uh, having our sports events politicized and, and turned into these uh, uh, areas to promote political ideologies and agendas, it's, it's wrong, especially when yeah. you're, you're seeing how, uh, what they're trying to promote and, and the, the, uh, just the, the, evil as you said there's no other word for it it is purely evil and if i was uh, a fan of the cincinnati reds i would make it a point you know not to go to tell the the cincinnati reds front office to tell the management we are not going to stand for this and we're not going to support a team who stands for this unless this uh, kind of behavior go and that's that's exactly my wife's response joe when i mm-hmm. told her i said you're not going to believe what the reds pulled cuz folks that well most of your listeners know I, I live in Ohio. I'm not that far from Cincinnati. Uh, the, the, they were my childhood team growing up. I, I know all the players, all the Hall of Famers. But when I told my wife, Kathy, that she said, well, guess what? I'm done with the Reds. And I said, well, that makes two of us because we're not going to tolerate this kind of nonsense. And I gave up on the NFL a long time ago. So I don't have much uh, by way of distractions anymore as far as sports teams because they're all compromised. And that's okay because that gives me more time to focus on the things that are important in the days that we live in, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, Pastor Mike, we only got about a minute left. Any closing thoughts or anything we didn't get into that you want to talk about? No. I, well, uh, can I mention the conference coming up June the 8th? Sure. Yeah, we've got a conference here. Uh, June the 8th, Friday, June the 8th, starting at 7 o'clock in the evening. Uh, we're going to have Russ Dizdar, uh, Coach Dave, Preston and Kelly Condra, David Hevener, David uh, Arthur, um, Tom Dunn, uh, let's see, Casper McLeod, um, and that'll run all day Saturday, starting at 9 Saturday to about 9 Saturday evening, and then Sunday morning, Russ uh, Dizdar will be preaching. Free. It's a it's a free conference, folks. No, I would like to know you're coming. So to soaringeagleradio.com, soaringeagleradio.com. Register to let me know that you're coming. It's in Lima, Ohio, at a church, Calvary Chapel of Lima. Free, no cost to you. Come and get equipped, get educated, and network with folks that live close to you. God bless you guys. Pastor Mike, thank you so much, and we uh, really appreciate uh, you coming on the show and spending time with us. And, yeah, that sounds like a, a great Thank event. You. Free of charge. You can't beat it. So no, That's June 8th. SoaringEagleRadio.com right. is the website. Very good. Thanks, guys. All right. That'll, that'll do it for us tonight, tomorrow, 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern. Doug Hagman oh. Radio Show, a.m. Eastern. Yeah. The, the Daily Show. We did do the Daily Show today. Uploaded well, to Blog nice Talk to Radio. For whatever reason, I forgot to upload it to the Global Star server. So there is an episode there. Just go to Blog Talk Radio or download it from my All right. And, and by the way, 7 o'clock in the morning, Coach Dave Dobmeyer always join the huddle there. Drive right wing watch crazy, as we like to do. And don't forget, if you do listen to any of the Marxist, progressive, liberal, democratic, socialist, fascist, get in your listening positions. <laughs> 
All right, that'll do it for tonight.